MRN's Classic Races are brought to you by Hercules Tires. Time now for the starting lineup, brought to you by Wrangler. For unbeatable comfort and value, you can count on Wrangler. Wrangler, real comfortable jeans. Starting 42nd, shotgun on the field, Jennifer Joe Cobb and a Ford. 41st will be Tim Schindel. 40th starter, Charles Lewandowski. Dennis Setzer will start 39th. 38th will be Tim Andrews, while Brett Rowe will start 37th. 36th is Scott Wimmer. Morgan Shepard, who celebrates an anniversary here today, his 17th wedding anniversary, he'll be starting 35th. 34th is Chase Miller. 33rd starter, Carl Long. 32nd starter, former Daytona 500 champion, Derek Cope. And 31st is a former Nationwide Series champion, Jeff Green. Doug Harrington qualified 30th. Eric McClure will start from the 29th spot. Rolling off 28th, you'll find Kevin Conway. Jeremy Clements will start 27th. Qualifying 26th is Mike Bliss. Mike Wallace will start from the 25th starting position. Blake Cook will start 24th. Qualifying 23rd is Timmy Hill. Michael Annette will start 22nd, and 21st will be Andrew Ranger. The 20th starter, Eric Almarola. 19th will be Alex Kennedy. 18th starter is Josh Wise. Going 17th, J.R. Fitzpatrick. The 16th starter is Kenny Wallace, who's been running well this season. Ricky Carmichael making an infrequent Nationwide Series start. He'll go in 15th in his Chevrolet. 14th is Justin Allgaier. 13th starter, Brian Scott. Reed Sorensen starts a Chevrolet in 12th, and 11th is this year's Daytona 500 champion, Trevor Bain. Here's your top 10. Jason Bowles will start in the 10th position. Qualifying 9th, it's Jason Leffler. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. will start 8th. Elliot Sadler will roll off 7th. Steve Wallace will start 6th. Qualifying 5th, it's Ron Fellows. Billy Johnson qualified fourth. Jacques Villeneuve, the Formula One star, he will start third. And on the front row on the outside will be Max Pappas. And for the first time in his NASCAR nationwide career, Michael McDowell put it on the pole. The track qualifying record was set a year ago, obviously, in the first visit to this racetrack by Carl Edwards. It was eclipsed here today. Michael McDowell at 109.381 miles an hour. The new track qualifying record for the NASCAR nationwide series. Let's take you around this racetrack. It is a long track, better than four miles, Uh, 4.048 to be exact. It has 14 turns. The main straightaway directly in front of the control tower and some of the luxury suites and the like is appropriately enough called the Road America Straight. It is 3,025 feet long. You come out of turn 14 onto the main straightaway. You're going uphill to the start-finish line. Then once you pass start-finish, you begin going downhill towards turn number one. That's where Dave Moody of Salisbury, North Carolina, is positioned. Thank you, Eli Gold. Good afternoon, everybody. The second half of that 3,000-foot front straightaway is decidedly downhill, helping these NASCAR Nationwide Series machines build horsepower and momentum. By the time they reach turn number one, they'll be topped out at nearly 140 miles per hour. Then they'll have to dial it down, downshift through the gearbox, go to the brakes to navigate a 90-degree right-hand turn number one that's one of the easier overtaking areas on this Road America surface. If you don't make it, there's a rather expansive gravel trap on the outside of the turn that'll gobble you up. You will not drive through it, and you will not drive out of it. 
Well, we thought nobody could drive through it until the Grand American Rolex Series race earlier today when one car went completely through the trap, over the wall, and out into the woods. We're hoping for no repeat of that here this afternoon. Once they've navigated the 90-degree right-hand turn one, they'll jump back onto the gas pedal, accelerate downhill through a 40-foot elevation drop, and the slight right-hand turn number two under the Thea Briggs and Stratton Bridge and off to turn three, where Mike Bagley of Atlanta, Georgia, awaits. Thank you, Dave Moody. Good afternoon, everyone. That 40 40-foot drop continues. Once these drivers clear that Briggs and Stratton tunnel, they will work their way downhill into turn number three. The brakes get a test. The gearbox get a test. And before all is said and done, probably the temperament of these drivers will get a test as well. This is a great overtaking portion of this racetrack. When you try to outbreak the car in front of you, dive to the inside of the racetrack and prepare for a 90-degree right-hand corner. Once you clear that corner, you'll work your way back up to the gearbox, mash the gas, and make your way down this long long backside of this race course better than 3,500 feet under the Sargento Bridge and another elevation change that drops you downhill into turn number 5 and into the view of Buddy Long of Leonardtown, Maryland. Well, thank you very much, Bagman and hello everybody. That long sweeping turn or actually that straightaway that Bagman's talking about is known as the Moraine Sweep, going through the Valley of Trees as we referred to it last year. Drivers will have a, often a great opportunity to do a, a lot of overtaking as they work their way down in here to turn number 5, which is a very, very tight corner, left-hand turn, 90 degrees. Drivers will be heavy on the brakes and as witnessed by the Grand Am drivers earlier today, this is a great overtaking area. Some will even try it on the outside, then try the crossover move down to the inside and then shoot up the hill and try to make the pass to the inside before they get back up to the top of the hill in turn number six. Two of the challenges down here on the track, once again on the outside, there is going to be the gravel trap. If you're making your way through the turn and have some trouble, the gravel trap may reach out and bite you. Other than that, if it's as you come right to the end of the straightaway, before you make the turn there is an access road if you do have to get to that access road you can hit the brakes turn the car around do a quick yui and get yourself back out of the racetrack it saves the car it loses quite a few positions but your day isn't totally out the window so basically it can be a very challenging part of this racetrack and we saw quite a bit of action earlier today in the grand am event once they make their way through the turn it's a good thousand foot run all the way up the hill drivers will be back up through the gearbox under the corvette drig uh, bridge and back into the view of Steve Post of Halstead, Pennsylvania. Thank you, buddy. The big challenge up here is braking. The cars don't lose traction when they crest the hill, but they do get very light at the top of the hill. The wrong combination of braking, you can get wheel hopping or even missing that next turn. The next turn is a very flat turn number six, nearly 90 degrees, and as I mentioned, very flat, tabletop flat, and there is a little bit of a runoff area on the outside should you get out of the way. The cars will exit way to the right side of the racetrack. They'll mash the gas, yank the wheels to the left, because they must move all the way to the other side of the track and bear right down in the turn number seven. It's a right-hander, and after they clear turn seven, it will be down the hill in the, to the view of Alex Hayden of Goldsboro, North Carolina. Uh, thanks, Steve Post. Good afternoon, everybody. Once they clear turn number seven, they're faced with a 1,322-foot straightaway known as Hurry Downs. It is downhill. It drops some 50 feet before they have to get out of the gas at 135 miles an hour. Stand on the brakes and set up for a very flat 90-degree left-hand turn, which is turn number eight here at Road America. There is some runoff room in the form of some asphalt, then they've got some grass, and then the pea gravel. These drivers found out the, in practice yesterday a prime overtaking position. Once through turn number eight, they'll grab a gear, go back to third, and head for the Speedville Bridge in Concord, North Carolina's David Hyatt. As they come under the Speedville Bridge in this park-like setting, they enter the carousel. And like we've said before, it's not a carnival ride at all at this end of the racetrack. 
It's a 270-degree radius turn that runs about a half mile and drops another 50 feet or so in elevation. The trick is to stay pinned down to driver's right. Put that right front tire right down against the white line. Don't let anybody inside you. Not a lot of shifting, not a lot of braking, feathering the throttle all the way through. If you let it drift out, you could get a challenger to go underneath you and grab that brass ring as they head down toward the kink in front of Killingly, Connecticut's Kyle Ricky. All right, thank you very much, David, and good afternoon, everybody. Once the cars exit the carousel, they will cross under the Hawk Performance Bridge onto a short downhill third gear straightaway before reaching my position in the kink. A slight right-hand bend in the racetrack that will force the drivers to lift off the throttle just a bit from, keep, from, uh, from not going off the left side of the course. Once through the kink, back on the throttle onto another short straightaway aligned by trees and guardrails where the uh, drivers will upshift into fourth gear hit speeds approaching 160 miles per hour all while trying to set up for another great overtaking zone and that's where they will race into the view of bettendorf i was tony rizzuti in the s's thanks kyle and hi again everybody i'm located on a wooden platform at the apex of turn 12 better known as Canada Corner. As they approach my position, the drivers will negotiate a quick S-turn, reaching speeds of 170 miles per hour. They will then get hard on the brakes, downshift into second gear, and make the 90-degree right-hand turn, letting the car drift out wide. It's a corner that many will overdrive this afternoon, costing them time and possibly a race car. If they get it right, they will hammer down off the corner, head up the hill, make a quick right-left combo through the trees, and into the sights of Jeff Striegel. Right. Byron Center, Michigan. Thank you, Tony. First up, that turn 13 that you're talking about, second gear, flat out, 45-degree right-hander. This is a place where you've got to keep the car on the racetrack or you will tear it up. Now, up next, just a 1,000-foot short blast, still in second gear, leading to, and finally, and perhaps most important, turn 14, the final turn here, a flat 90-degree left-hand turn, hard on the brakes, great place to pass, and important because it sets you up for that almost half-mile run down the front straightaway. The fans have packed in around here. They're all trying to get a glimpse of the NASCAR Nationwide Series getting set to go. 14 turns, 4 miles. It is Road America. I want to remind you that today's broadcast of the Bucyrus 200 presented by Bernards is brought to you under exclusive radio rights granted by Road America to MRN Radio. Solely for the private, non-commercial use of our listening audience. Any publication, reproduction, or other use of the description and accounts of this event without the express written consent of the Motor Racing Network is prohibited. So we're getting set to go green here to start this 50-lap event, the crew chiefs have told us that anywhere from 17 to 20 laps is what they're looking at as far as the fuel window is concerned. And, of course, we'll continue to update those numbers for you as our afternoon continues. And, oh, by, by the way, before we go green, a quick birthday wish to MRN's Hall of Fame anchorman Barney Hall. Barney in Elkin, North Carolina, having this weekend off, but he is celebrating a birthday, so all of us here uh, want to uh, wish Barney a happy birthday. Barn, we were going to get everybody to sing to you, but obviously the object of our game is to keep listeners <laughs> and not chase them away, so we'll, we'll pass on the chorus, but we're all thinking of you wishing you the happiest of birthdays as the field now closes in on the green flag. Eli, this is going to be a good one. I hope everybody is strapped in and listening to our radios because this one is going to be exciting. Road America is a track that has it all, high-speed, low-speed corners, plenty of braking, lots of shifting. It's going to be tough on the cars, tough on the drivers, a very competitive track. And to a driver, everyone enjoys this raceway, Road America. I'm ready for 50 laps of excitement. This season, Toyota Racing is looking for jugglers. Uh Not the ones who toss balls or rings. Uh 
Vans that can juggle the rigors of a 10-month-long season across many different racing circuits. Well, what if I added knives? What if you added GR Cup, Formula Drift, and off-road racing? If you can juggle it all, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. Formula Drift is a registered trademark of Formula Drift's holdings, LLC. Outdoor care to home and auto repair. Do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. So we're getting set to go. Everybody says this racetrack is a good one. The veteran Canadian driver Ron Fellows is here. And Ron, of course, came home with a fine, a fine finish a season ago right behind uh, Carl Edwards, who took the win. I asked Ron Fellows yesterday, who has driven every road course in the world seemingly, where does this track rank in degree of difficulty? I wouldn't call it uh, difficult. This one is challenging. And, and absolutely great fun. It just, as a driver, it flows so well. You've got uh, big, long straightaways to get lots of speed, uh, heavy braking, which creates lots of opportunity for passing, uh, into five, into eight, into 12, uh, even into three. You know, turn one's a little bit faster, so it's, it's a little more difficult to make a, a pass there, but um, absolutely great fun. And, and, and probably the most difficult is from turn five down to down to turn eight and it's heavy braking downhill into five same going into turn eight and from from high speed and then you've got turn six which is up uphill blind turn under a bridge so it it, it that's probably the most difficult spot and i think we last year we saw pretty uh, pretty hair-raising wrecks in turn six again because of the uh, it's it's essentially a blind corner Thoughts of Ron Fellows from Mississauga, Ontario, just back from Lamar, and he's set to go racing here with the NASCAR Nationwide Series at Road America in Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. Behind the pace car, the field now is negotiating turn number 14. They'll begin that slow uphill climb on the main straightaway. They'll come towards the flag stand and we'll be underway. It's 50 laps of racing here, and as we said on the opening of the broadcast, 50 laps, what can happen in 50 laps? Well, we learned that a season ago, and we're likely to learn it again here today as the field now begins to bunch up. Slowly they come underneath the bridge. The pace car comes to the entrance of the pit lane, pulls in. Green flag is in the air, and very quickly Michael McDowell gets away, trying to leave Max Pappas in his wake to turn one. McDowell's got the advantage as they begin the pitch downhill into turn number one. The challenge will be for the second spot. To the inside lane, driver's right. Challenge is on. Jacques Villeneuve looking to make the move down as they head off the turn to turn number three. He'll complete the pass. Pappas tries to cut back to the inside. He wants the second spot back. He's not going to be able to get it. Here's Michael McDowell. 
Dow. He'll lead off turn number three. Jacques Villeneuve to second. Max Pappas to third. Ron Fellows to fourth as they clear the Sargento Bridge. Everybody in the Bahrain sweep now is trying to sort themselves out here on the initial lap here at Road America as they make their way down to tricky turn number five. Again, pole sitter Michael McDowell. Two car lengths of an advantage. Jacques Villeneuve bobbles a little as he gets on the brakes, gathers it back up. Max Pappas, Ron Fellows, Billy Johnson, Steve Wallace, single file heading up the hill under the Corvette Bridge. The first time into turn number six. Michael McDowell, the Pizza Rants Toyota, very smooth here. Jack Villeneuve right there on the back bumper. McDowell swings to the high side and dives down into turn number seven. Toyota Dodge Battle heading down. Hurry downs for the first time here at Road America under speed. It's Michael McDowell standing on the brakes, makes turn number eight cleanly. Jacques Villeneuve right in the Goodyear tire track. Right on his bumper as they come under the Speedville Bridge and into the carousel. Now a car length separates the front two. Michael McDowell pins it down to the right side. A car length back at Villeneuve. Further back, it's Max Pappas. Fourth remains to be Ron Fellows. And at the exit of the carousel, it is Michael McDowell by two car lengths over Jacques Villeneuve on the downhill run into the kink. He continues to break away from Villeneuve. Four more lengths to Max Pappas. He rides in third. Ron Fellows and Billy Johnson, they're in a scramble for the fourth spot heading for the S's. Michael McDowell makes the left to end the S's and into Canada corner for the first time. Hard on the brakes. He makes the right-hand corner. About a two-car link lead over Jacques Villeneuve. Max Pappas about five car links back. They head up the hill, make the right and the left. It's McDowell, then Villeneuve. Rocketing up out of the woods. Here they come. It's Michael McDowell, Jacques Villeneuve just riding two car links back. About ten more back to Max Pappas. He's got third. Good battle shaping up for fourth. Ron Fellows exit off turn number four. Billy Johnson is right there. Ten back to Steve Wallace. So it looks like everybody is going to survive lap number one. Two-car breakaway up at the front. That's where you'll find Michael McDowell trying to stretch out his vantage over Jacques Villeneuve as they head back to turn one. Not much more getting away from Villeneuve as they head downhill. The advantage less than a car length as they pitch it into the 90-degree right-hand turn number one. Then it's about eight to ten. Back to the third-place machine, Max Pappas. He's got an equal bet gap back to a good battle between Fellows and Johnson for fourth and fifth. Here's Johnson on the brakes looking to the inside of Fellows at the entrance to turn number three. He cannot get the move done. Oh, when Ricky Stenhouse Jr. goes for a ride. Matter of fact, he'll loop it. He'll take another one with him. Around goes Reed Sorensen. Off into the grass is J.R. Fitzpatrick. Three cars tangled beginning with Ricky Stenhouse Jr. who got crossed up at the entrance to turn number three. Everybody has left the accident scene except for your NASCAR Nationwide Series points lead who is trying to right his Ford Mustang, and he will go all the way to the tail end of the field. So all of this taking place in turn number three. Meanwhile, Michael McDowell has the race lead by four-tenths of a second on Jacques Villeneuve. Max Pappas running third, Ron Fellows fourth, and Billy Johnson fifth. And when Stenhouse went for a piece of real estate, Mike Bagley, and found Reed Sorensen there, there really was nothing they could do but go for an off-the-course spin. Yeah, that's exactly right, Eli. That began when Ricky locked up the brakes and began to wheel hop coming down the hill, and he started to lose control. He hooked the inside of the racetrack, and then he drifted wide and clipped Reed Sorensen. J.R. Fitzpatrick just was along for the ride. He tried to dodge spinning race cars. Stenhouse lost a lot of time, and there is damage on the left front of that Ford Mustang. And he comes into the race today with a two-point lead in series standings over Elliott Sanders. 
Sadler, and no doubt there will be work done on the front of that Mustang. Meanwhile, penalties too fast entering and too fast exiting pit lane for Andrew Ranger, or as he's known in his home province of Quebec, Andrew Ranger. <laughs> Call him what you will. He is now going to be coming in for a double dose of penalties, too fast entering and too fast exiting the pit lane. Michael McDowell leads Jacques Villeneuve, Max Pappas, Ron Fellows, and Billy Johnson as they put yet another lap on the board. Two of 50 now complete. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on the Motor Racing Network. This NASCAR season, Toyota Racing isn't looking for just anyone to join the team. No, we're looking for bankers, the ones who are open on Sundays. So if you live for the gravity-defined 31-degree banks like this one on Turn 4 at Daytona, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. MRN Radio live with you from Road America. Road racing at its best here in Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. The NASCAR Nationwide Series running race 16 of 34 on their schedule. The Bucyrus 200 presented by Menards. We began just a bit ago with Michael McDowell as the pole sitter. He continues as the race leader over Jacques Villeneuve who started third and has moved up into the second spot. Max Pappas who started second has Drop back to third, then Ron Fellows and Billy Johnson, who is subbing for Carl Edwards, who elected not to make the run here from Sonoma, California, and instead stayed on the West Coast, yielding his ride to a young driver who has tons of road racing experience, Billy Johnson. We have had a couple of spins, but nothing to bring out a full course yellow, and we continue under green here, although many teams electing to make early race pit stops will up you on those as our day continues. Michael McDowell, the race leader, working lap number three of 50. Citywide to countryside, whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there no matter where the road takes you. Go to HerculesTires.com. There you can find the nearest authorized Hercules retail location to you, plus you can use the tire tracker to find out which Hercules tire fits your vehicle the best. That's HerculesTires.com. Hercules tires, ride on our strength. MRN Radio live with you here at Road America, Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. Three laps in to the 50-lap event, the Bucyrus 200, presented by Menards, the race leader, and the man chasing him, Michael McDowell and Jacques Villeneuve, in turn one. McDowell has begun to stretch the advantage ever so slightly. What was about a one-car length lead 
now is five, maybe six. It's another 15 to 20. Back to Max Pappas in third as they head to turn three. Yeah, they run downhill into turn number three. Best battle in the top ten is for the number four position, and it flares up at the entry to turn three every time through. Ron Fellows has the position. But Billy Johnson's been working him over at the entrance to the corner. Still not able to get by. Billy Johnson driving for Carl Edwards, going after one of the best in the business in Ron Fellows. That's a battle that just won't die here in the early going. Billy Johnson very impressive here early as he worked their way back down into turn number five. Maybe about two car length separation between these two drivers. And it seems like Johnson gets stronger. His closure through the turns is very good. Fellows able to get back up on the gas. Once he gets back to the top of the hill, it's a three-car length advantage. Ron Fellows Chevrolet right down just jumps the Rumble strips a little bit on the inside of turn number six. Billy Johnson dogging him now back to the left side of the track, and they swing back to the right side in turn seven. Ron Fellows, one of the best road racers in the world, now moves to driver's right, sets up for turn number eight. Billy Johnson, the youngster in the blue and white fasten off board, stalking his tire tracks through the Speedville Bridge. They remain about a car length apart as they work down into the carousel. Fellows will keep the spot. He will hold it down to the low side of the racetrack as they descend down around the right-hander. And right behind him, Billy Johnson is in tow. This is the battle for the fourth position beginning to shape up. Ron Fellows has it, but only two car lengths in hand over Billy Johnson. They continue to make their way through the kink. High speed shifting up into the fourth gear. Heading for the S's. Just two car lengths between them into the S's. And this may be the best passing point for Billy Johnson if he can close in on Ron Fellows. But Fellows stretches it out to about three car lengths. They keep it wide. Make the right-hander. Billy Johnson tries to get back on the gas. But he'll lose another car length to Fellows as they head up the hill and make the left-hand turn. The top five have really put some distance between themselves now in the sixth-place running machine of Steve Wallace, watching that good battle continue between Ron Fellows in his Chevrolet and Billy Johnson in his Ford. They will climb some 100 feet back up to the start-finish line. Michael McDowell has already crossed the stripe. He's really opened up a gap now. But 2.6 seconds over Jacques Villeneuve. But again, that fight for the fourth spot is a good one as Billy Johnson really has the horsepower up the front stretch. Still trying to catch Ron Fellows for the fourth spot over in turn one. Roush Fenway horsepower will gain him a car length by the time they get to one. But Fellows has got a good, solid line. Apexes the corner nicely, and he'll regain that car length heading down the hill. Yeah, and he'll maintain that too. Johnson had been on the back bumper coming downhill into turn number three. Not this time through. Here's Fellows. He'll grab a car length. He'll grab two. Quickly back to the throttle and up to the gearbox as the battle for the number four position continues. When they work their way back down to turn number five, we'll see if Fellows can hold that lead as he'll be heavy on the braking down here in this tight left 90 degree. That's where Billy Johnson's closure rate continues to do well. He closes back to within about a curling, but once again, Fellows back on the gas, stretches the advantage right back out. Those two drivers crest the hill underneath the Corvette bridge. Again, Fellows right down to the left side, just jumps that curve just a little bit. Billy Johnson continues to track him, though. This time down the hill, they're going to deal with the slower car of Dennis Setzer. Setzer moves his car to driver's right, coming down the straightaway. He'll keep it there. Ron Fellows under braking will get by Setzer. Here comes Billy Johnson. He's going to lose a couple of car lengths as he has to go wheel to wheel with Setzer. Gets to the high side of Setzer as they head under the Speedville Bridge and into the carousel. Both those drivers now, that's Fellows and Johnson, pin it down to the inside of the racetrack and draw off the bottom of the carousel. Here they come under the Hawk Performance Bridge. Ron Fellows continues to hang on to that fourth position and, in fact, pull away by about five car lengths now from Billy Johnson. 
Neither, though, able to close in on Max Pappas, who is closing on Jacques Villeneuve in a race for the second spot. Pappas now about four car lengths back as they come through Thunder Valley. They're going to have to work around the slow machine of Jennifer Jo Cobb. Both drivers are able to do that. Pappas now within about two car lengths as he stalks the back end of Jacques Villeneuve as they head up the hill. All of this going on behind Michael McDowell. So far, so good for him. Then you've got Jacques Villeneuve. He's got three car lengths over Max Pappas. About five more back to Ron Fellows. One back to Billy Johnson, who just will not go away. And then Steve Wallace rounds out your top six. Into the garage area go Jeff Green, Scott Wimmer, Chase Miller, Brett Rowe, Tim Andrews, and Morgan Shepard, all early retirees, while Trevor Bain had to make an unscheduled pit stop at lap five. Trevor Bain, Eli, came in, made it an unscheduled pit stop in his Mustang. It was a little bit of delayed pit stop because he stalled on the way out, but it was an early stop for four tires and fuel. No adjustments on that Ford Mustang, but Trevor Bain has completed his stop and has rejoined the track. So six laps are in the books. Michael McDowell is our leader. He has an advantage of 4.7 seconds over second-place man Jacques Villeneuve. Are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top 9 miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. Welcome back to Road America, where we are still under caution for the first time in the afternoon due to a solo spin by Doug Harrington, who is making his NASCAR Nationwide Series debut here at Road America. Pit Road is open, and there are plenty of takers. First, let's check in with Jason Toy. Well, the lead is going to hit their mark. 35 miles per hour down the pit lane seems like a snail space for these guys, but they'll hit the mark. Michael McDowell, the first one to do it. Right behind him, Max Pappas. One stall separation between them and Jacques Villeneuve. Not many changes, just four tires, making sure they top off the fuel tank. Reed Sorensen is also in to fix some of that damage that's sustained earlier out on the track. How about in front of you, Preston Root? Billy Johnson had a good run in the top five all day. Has trouble getting out of his pit. A very tight pit box here for Billy Johnson Jr. Four tires and fuel with an air pressure adjustment there. Pitting just behind him, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. They've gone around to the left front of that Ford Mustang to damage to fix damage that was earlier that happened up in turn three. They'll use the helicopter tape to get that repaired. Also making stops in the center section of pit road, Mike Wallace and Brian Scott. Well, the Junior Motorsports teammates were also down here on pit road. Ron Fellows with Tony Uri Jr., the crew chief. Four tires and fuel for him as he had worked his way up near the front of the field. His teammate, Eric Almirola, who started 20th, he also came in for four tires and fuel. Same for Ricky Carmichael, who started 15th in the Turner Motorsports Chevrolet. And J.R. Fitzpatrick, who was involved with that early spin with Reed Sorensen and Ricky Stenhouse out there, the Go Canada uh, Go Canada racing team. Very disappointed getting involved in that. J.R. Fitzpatrick had a nice run here last year, was hoping to replicate that in 2011, but he has dug himself a hole. He'll try to climb out of that when we go back green. All right, Pete, thank you. And uh, on this most recent caution here, uh, Kenny Wallace, the uh, best performance. His team picked up three positions. Dennis Setzer is the beneficiary of the caution. He gets the lap back and has reassumed a position on the lead lap. Those who did not make a pit stop, 
include the man who is currently the race leader, that's Steve Wallace, who always runs well on road courses. When you ask folks to say, all right, name me a good road racer, for some reason they rarely add the name of Stephen Wallace. He runs very well on road courses. He is currently the race leader. Also not making a pit stop, Elliot Sadler, so he has taken over the second spot. Jason Bowles stayed on the racetrack. He is being shown in the third position. Michael Annette also not making a pit stop, and he has moved up significantly into the top five. So we are working the first caution flag of the day, brought out when Doug Harrington spun off the racetrack in turns 11 and 12. Welcome back, everybody, to Road America here in Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. Cleanup continuing after Doug Harrington found the gravel trap out there in turn 11 and 12 and put a lot of the pea gravel out on the racetrack. So the Service Master Caution rolls on. The Service Master Clean Trucks are working to get us back under green. You know, when would you call Service Master Clean? Well, obviously when you experience something unfortunate at your home or at your business, like a fire that leaves smoke damage, a broken water heater, or a flood that has all sorts of water damage in the building. That's when you would call Service Master Clean. And that's why Service Master Clean is the official cleaning partner of Road America. Go to servicemasterclean.com to find the location nearest you. Eli, you were talking about Steve Wallace, who's currently our leader on lap number eight. He does have some pretty good road course numbers. He finished ninth twice out of three road course races last year, ninth at Road America, ninth at Watkins Glen, and he has four top ten finishes in 11 road course starts. Not bad for the son of Rusty, who was known to be a pretty good road racer himself. Right, and uh, Stephen was running second here for a while last year. You know what I find remarkable, and uh, you know we all talk to these teams, the degree with which the new NASCAR Nationwide Series cars can be moved around and shifted. What I'm getting at is for years we had specially purpose-built road course cars. Well, Stephen Wallace... Uh, is is one of those who is running uh, their chassis 52 is the number, and it ran at Daytona International Speedway <laughs> as far away from this kind of a racetrack as you can get. Steve Wall is currently eighth in the NASCAR Nationwide Series points, has one top five, two top tens so far in 2011, and he's running pretty well right now running uh, while well, he's the leader on lap number eight. So taking a look at the uh, rundown for you, behind Steve Wallace, Elliot Sadler runs in second, Jason Bowles third, Michael Annette fourth, and Timmy Hill, who leads the uh, Sunoco Rookie of the Year standings, he is currently being shown in the fifth spot. Sixth is Michael McDowell, Jacques Villeneuve is seventh, Max Pappas eighth, Ron Fellows ninth, and Jason Leffler is running tenth. Now let's get a NASCAR performance tip. This week's NASCAR Performance Car Care Know-How brought to you by New Pig. If you're a do-it-yourselfer when it comes to car repair, let's face it, things are going to get messy. Just like the NASCAR garage, grease and oil can wreak havoc in your garage too. No matter the mess, it's important to have professional wipes and absorbents on hand. They'll keep you, your tools, and your workplace clean. Take care of those leaks and spills like the NASCAR pros with professional products like Pigmat. Go ahead, ham it up in your garage. New Pig, the officially licensed heavy-duty wipers and absorbents of NASCAR. Want more information on car care? Just log on to nascar.com backslash auto. Follow us on Twitter at NASCAR Auto. 
Back with you here at Road America. The field has just gotten the one-to-go signal. As often happens at a road course, you don't always get the one-to-go at start-finish. You always get it somewhere out on the course, and in this case, it is out of turn number 11. So they have roughly a third of a lap before they do get the green flag. I had mentioned earlier that Morgan Shepard had gone out uh, for a while. He has returned to the racetrack. He is three laps in arrears, but uh, the veteran Morgan Shepard back out on the speedway and running again. Charles Lewandowski is done, however, so too Jeff Green, Scott Wimmer, Chase Miller, Tim Andrews, Brett Rowe, and Carl Long also now being shown behind the wall. Tough break for Morgan Shepard, who has a road course win, by the way, in 1987 at Road Atlanta. Morgan played a very smart here last year. He said, you know what? I know how to get around a road course. I'm going to let these young guys just spin out everywhere which way I'm going to keep it cool, let attrition play into my favor. He finished 19th here last year. Very respectable finish for a 69-year-old. Morgan kind of dug himself into a little hole here this year, however. Preston Root, how about the series point leader, Ricky Stenhouse, had to come in for those unscheduled repairs early. What are they saying? Yeah, Eli, they went around to the left front of that uh, Ford Mustang, and uh, what they worked on right there was the fender that covers the left front tire, and they did an excellent job of fashioning out of uh, fabricated metal a cover for that wheel to protect in the event of any more contact, but Ricky Stenhouse car looks almost as good as new, albeit a little bit of tape on the left front of that car. So, with that report, the field comes out of turn 14. They're still behind the pace car, who now peels off down the pit lane. They're coming uphill and up to speed. The Bucyrus 200, the reset. Stephen Wallace, currently the race leader. Dennis Setzer was the man who picked up the lap by virtue of being the beneficiary of the caution. Here they come slowly to the Bucyrus Bridge. Waiting, waiting, waiting. Kevin Moss yet to show the green. He does now. It's in the air, and the field is in a hurry to get going. And quickly, Elliot Sadler to driver's left, trying to grab the lead away from Steve Wallace. Number two man of the nationwide standings coming in this afternoon. Elliot Sadler wants to try and lead himself a lap, but Steve Wallace has got other ideas. Wallace gets the advantage. Driver's light. Sadler now will drop in line in the number two spot as they head down the hill. He tries to cross over. Wallace chops him off. It is a thundering herd downhill into turn number three. Everybody jostling for position now as Wallace will maintain the lead out of three with Elliott Sadler right behind him. Jacques Villeneuve will slide through. He will grab the third position as they run downhill through the valley of the trees. Villeneuve, one of the drivers that did make a pit stop quickly up through past some of the other drivers that did not. He is up into third position as that trio now wakes their way down into turn number five. It's Villeneuve hard on the break, down to the inside of Elliott Sadler, grabbing the number two spot, setting his sights down on Steve Wallace. Now Fellows gets by Sadler. He goes up to third. Wallace clears the overpass, the Corvette bridge. He continues to lead, but he's got Jacques Villeneuve in the Dodge right there on the back bumper as they roll to the high side and then down into turn number seven, down the hill. And Ron Fellows now up to the number three spot. Max Pappas will go to fourth. Elliott Sadler's backslid all the way back to sixth. Michael McDowell has been able to take over the number five position, the single file. Still a freight train of single file cars as they work down through the carousel. Stephen Wallace still on the point. He's followed by Villeneuve. Then it's Ron Fellows, Max Pappas, and Michael McDowell rounding out the top five. And at the exit of the carousel, Jacques Villeneuve wasting little time trying to make his way up to the front of the field in that discount tire dodge. Through the kinks, right-hander now up to fourth gear, and he continues to close in on race leader Steve Wallace. Villeneuve is there and challenging in the S's. Wallace makes the left-hand turn. He's got Villeneuve right on him. He'll cover the low end. Stephen Wallace making sure that Villeneuve can't get by. It's now a one-car link advantage. Villeneuve gets a great run off the 
corner. He's got Ron Fellows in tow as he's right on the bumper of Stephen Wallace. Here they come now, blasting up and out of the trees. You've got Wallace as your race leader, Bill News. He goes second, Fellows third, Max Pappas, then Michael McDowell. They are stacked up, nose to tail. Wallace trying to hold them all off as they work back up towards the front straightaway. The battle's on for the lead. Steve Wallace doing a great job on used tires, older tires than is Jacques Villeneuve, but he may not hold on to that lead for very long. Here comes Jacques Villeneuve to the driver's left. They are wheel to wheel, headed to turn one. He's going to have to try and do it the hard way on the outside lane into turn number one, and he's got it done. Villeneuve late breaks into turn one. He'll take the lead. Wallace back to second. Now more challenge on the back bumper for Wallace as Ron Fellows is there. Here's Ron Fellows. He'll come blasting out of the pocket to the inside of Wallace at the entrance of turn number three. He'll grab the spot. Ron Fellows will go to the number two position. Stephen Wallace now falls back to third, and he's got him lined up at the back door. Here's Max Pappas looking high and low, and Michael McDowell is in that mix as well. Steve Wallace getting a great education. He's in the midst of some of road racing's very best. Pappas looking to the inside as they work their way back down to turn five. The door's left open. Here comes Michael McDowell down to the inside. Now Pappas, he'll take two positions up to third and now tries to close in on Ron Fellows. Clearing the summit and continuing up front is Jacques Villeneuve. About two car lengths back to Ron Fellows. Another car length and a half back to Michael McDowell. Max Pappas and Stephen Wallace sits in in the number five spot. It's a log jam from second on back. Ron Fellows has the number two spot. Michael McDowell, Max Pappas, Stephen Wallace finally able to nestle in in the number five position. Just in front of Elliott Sadler and Jason Lettler. That lead pack still trying to make something else happen up in the front as Villeneuve pulls away. He's got four car lengths now over Ron Fellows. Then it's Michael McDowell in third, Pappas in fourth, followed by Stephen Wallace now in fifth. Jacques Villeneuve right now beginning to tiptoe away from the field, led by Ron Fellows from that second position on back. He has a car length in hand over Michael McDowell. Two more back to Max Pappas, and then a large gap back to Stephen Wallace, who has faded to the fifth position. It's Dodge, Chevrolet, Toyota, your top three here at Road America as they head into Canada Corner. About a two-car length advantage for Villeneuve. Then Fellows. Then Michael McDowell, Max Pappas now trying to get into the battle. Four cars, nose to tail as they head up the hill. The Dodge is going to lead them up the hill and into turn 13, followed by the Chevrolet of Ron Fellows. Max Pappas steps his car off of turn number three. No damage done there, though. He rides just two car lengths back from Michael McDowell, who's in third. Fifth still, Steve Wallace. Meanwhile, Jacques Villeneuve, who has two Carts IndyCar World Series wins here back in 1994 and 95 shows that the weight and the style of the car matters not. He's leading in a NASCAR nationwide race in turn one. But he's only got about a car length in hand over Ron Fellows who rides in second. Another car length back to the third place machine of Michael McDowell. Then a couple of more to Max Pappas as the front four try and pull away. And it's in tight formation, that battle for the lead. It is Penske Racing South. Jacques Villeneuve with that discount tire dodge leading the way. But Ron Fellows, also Michael McDowell and Max Pappas waiting for a slip from Villeneuve. It does not happen. Down to the Valley of the Trees, headed to turn five. Right now, the top three drivers, very tight. Pappas, who has done a little bit of agricultural racing, a couple of points on this race course, about four car lengths back. Right now, it's Fellows all over the rear bumper of Jacques Villeneuve. That opens the door up for Michael McDowell. Down to the inside, up the hill. McDowell and Fellows drag race to turn six. They're wheel to wheel into turn number six, a very flat corner. Give it to Michael McDowell. McDowell, he muscles his way up to that second spot. McDowell now fouls Jock Villeneuve. And now Ron Fellows looks in the rearview mirror. He'll see the Reem Menard Chevrolet. Max Pappas all over the back bumper of Ron Fellows. 
down the hill they come, hard on the brakes, the right or left hand turn number eight. It's still going to be Villeneuve up front. Top four drivers, road racing specialists as they work through the carousel. Villeneuve is going to hold that front position. A car length back to Michael McDowell. Three car lengths now back to Fellows and another car length back to Pappas. And it's Jacques Villeneuve under the Hawk Performance Bridge by two car lengths over the early race leader, Michael McDowell, who continues to close in. Top two are beginning a breakaway just a bit from Ron Fellows and Max Pappas. Front four are long gone from the battle for fifth beginning to shape up between Stephen Wallace and Elliot Sadler. Top four nose to tail. Villeneuve leads them into turn number 12. It's the hard right-hander. On the brakes he goes. He'll continue his gap to Michael McDowell. Ron Fellows has fallen back about five car lengths behind him. Then Max Pappas and another ten back to Stephen Wallace. McDowell just slowly but surely picking them off one at a time. And he's got one more to pick off to retake the race lead here at Road America, and that is Jacques Villeneuve. He exits off turn number 14 with about a three-car length advantage back to McDowell. So it's getting tight and intense among the top four, currently riding in a single-file formation. They cross the stripe. It'll be Jacques Villeneuve leading lap number 12 with Michael McDowell, Ron Fellows, Max Pappas, and Steve Wallace rounding out our top five. Check! Welcome back to Road America and MRN's live coverage of the Bucyrus 200 presented by Menards. I'm Dan Hubbard alongside Eli Gold. We are working lap number 14 at the four-mile Trouble track. Trouble in turn one. Trevor Bain all the way around in a heavy pack of traffic. Spins down into the inside grassy runoff area. Cuts a donut back onto the racetrack in the face of traffic. They'll make their way by as Trevor Bain is back underway at the apex of turn one. There is no caution flag flying, nor did the caution come out when Jason Bowles went off track in the S's, ran over a few of the advertising signs, but continued on. Jason Bowles, the NASCAR K&N West Series champion from 2009, who won the Toyota All-Star Showdown in 2010. So we remain under green, working now on lap number 14. Jacques Villeneuve ahead of Michael McDowell. The leaders are near David Hyatt. And into the carousel they come again. Single file of car links, separate the front two. This time, Villeneuve drifts out just a bit. McDowell gets a look to the inside and tightens up that battle as they head to the kink. Open the door for a moment, did Jacques Villeneuve for Michael McDowell, but he had to fall back in the line. Still within a car length, down to straightaway, into the kink, and now up in the fourth here go the race leaders. Top two beginning to continue to draw away from Ron Fellows in third, Max Pappas in fourth, then a long gap back to Elliott Sadler. That Toyota Camry power plant provided by Joe Gibbs Racing for Michael McDowell keeps closing in on Jack Villeneuve. He's going to go to the inside. He's going to try to make the pass into the right-hander. Can't get it done. Can he try it on the left? It's going to be a hard place to pass as they work up out of the hill through 13. They are nose to tail for first and second. Same for third and fourth with Ron Fellows and Max Pappas. McDowell looking to the inside of Villeneuve for the race lead. Can't get it done. He'll follow the tire tracks. This is a very engaging battle up at the front. The dodge of Villeneuve clearly sliding on the exit of the corner while McDowell is getting in and out very cleanly. He may pull the trigger here at turn one. Michael McDowell sending a message here in the early laps going head-to-head with one of the best road racers in the country, if not the world, and giving him everything he wants. He's all over him. Right up under the rear spoiler through turn one. Tries a move to the driver's right. He's going to challenge for the lead heading down the hill. Dives to the inside, side by side for the lead. Michael McDowell, wheel hops coming into the corner. He almost gets in two. Jacques Villeneuve. Villeneuve will clear turn number three with the lead, but it's allowed Fellows and Max Pappas to catch up. 
Four drivers racing for the lead in Road America as they head downhill to five. Another area of strength for Michael McDowell has been down here in turn number five. His closer rate has been very good. He's been able to overtake drivers. He's about to do it again. He has caught Villeneuve. He's down to the inside. Wheel to wheel, fender to fender. The drag race is on. McDowell by half a car length to the top of the hill. They are still side by side, but now Michael McDowell, as he did just a little bit ago with Ron Fellows, able to muscle by, but Jacques Villeneuve is not done. They're still side by side. They switch lanes in turn number seven. Jacques Villeneuve goes off course, opens up the outside lane for fellow Canadian Ron Fellows. Fellows not done there. He'll look to the inside of Michael McDowell for the lead, but Jacques Villeneuve falls from first all the way back to fourth. Big, big drop for Villeneuve. Now as they head single file back into the carousel, it's a whole new lineup. It's McDowell on the point, followed by Fellows, then Pappas and Villeneuve, but the front four are pulling away from the rest of the field. And it's only a car length between the top two. It continues to be Michael McDowell now at the point through the kink, but Ron Fellows is there, as is Max Pappas, as is Jacques Villeneuve, only two car lengths back. The front four racing for the lead in the S's. Two Chevrolets trying to catch that Toyota of Michael McDowell as they head into Canada Corner. McDowell with about a three-car length advantage, dives right down onto the rubble strips, Gets hard back into the gas. Three car lengths over Fellows. Five back to Pappas. Two back to Villeneuve. Working second gear. Here comes McDowell up out of the woods. Two back to Ron Fellows, Pappas, and Jacques Villeneuve trying to regain, re-rally, regroup, and go back to the front. Right now, Max Pappas just a half a car length in front of him. While all that's going on, we've got a great battle from fifth on back. Elliot Sadler, Jason Leffler, and others. But Sadler, remember, did not make a pitch stop on lap number seven. Others who did not make a pit stop, including Stephen Wallace and the Michael Annette machine, have just been on the pit lane. Preston, what are you hearing strategy-wise for Elliott Sadler? How far can they go here? Arnie Cope has uh, been on the radio with Elliott Sadler. Eli, they're going to stop next time by. It's about uh, 15 to 18 laps. They pushed it about as far. We expect him on pit road in seconds. And here he comes now, peeling off turn number 14. Elliott Sadler, who is second in points, but hopes to be able to take over the the top spot today after problems early with Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Sadler comes into the attention of the crew. Sadler brings a Chevy right to its marks and pit stop. They go around to the left side first to replace two Goodyear tires. A big cloud of black brake dust comes off the front of that Chevy. Now around to the left side. Two tires there. It'll be a four-tire stop and two cans of Sunoco fuel for Elliott Sadler and his Chevy Impala also making a stop late. Brian Scott, his second of the day, with the first stop for Elliott Sadler, taking a little bit long. They drop the jack, down and away. Elliott Sadler. And Trevor Bain, who made an unscheduled stop at lap five, is back in now at lap 15. And as we are in a national forest here in Wisconsin, he looks like old faithful. That truck, that car seems to be about to erupt down there on pit road. Trevor Bain has made his stop, Eli. The overflow from the overheating radiator on the right-hand side of that Ford overheating a little bit because of the damage on the left that they tried to repair. It's impaired the airflow through the front radiator on Trevor Bain's car. He's still overheating a little bit. He's made his stop and back on the track. So all of that taking place now at lap number 15. Meanwhile, the leader, Michael McDowell, by four-tenths of a second on Ron Fellows there on the course. And they head up the hill right after turn 12. 
to the sights of Jace, uh, Jeff Striegel. Just a couple of car lengths separating the top two. Then comes Max Pappas. Jacques Villeneuve still grinds right there in that fourth position. McDowell through that right hand. Turn number 14 up through the gearbox and climbing 100 feet back up to the start-finish line. Michael McDowell doing everything he can to open up a little bit of breathing room between himself and the Canadian Ron Fellows. McDowell crosses the stripe and the distance between him and Fellows is eight-tenths of a second. Fellows will try to close that up over to turn one. Fellows master of late breaking down into this first turn throughout the afternoon so far. He'll shave it down to about three car lengths. Then it's another seven or eight back to Max Pappas. Jacques Villeneuve on the comeback trail. He's closed in just two further back. Front four have reached the entrance of turn number three. Two car lengths separate the top two in McDowell and Fellows. You drop another ten back to Max Pappas, who separates himself by about two, maybe three, over Jacques Villeneuve. Further back, here's Billy Johnson on the move. He wants a piece of Jason Leffler. That does not work out as the leaders hit turn five. That's a battle once again for that number five position as Michael McDowell owns a couple of car length advantage over Ron Fellows, but looking further back, the battle for fifth, Justin Allgaier, a name we haven't mentioned much early in the broadcast, has been the driver on the move. He's back there with Jason Leffler and Billy Johnson. They have a pretty good gap up to the front four drivers, but Johnson, as Bagman mentioned, on the move, bobbles the car, slide job to the inside of Leffler, spins it, but avoids the gravel trap. Now he can't avoid it. He drifts into it. The front of the car, the front wheels are right in the gravel trap in a very precarious position on the outside of turn number five. Backs it up and now tries to gather it up and continue on. So Johnson backs it up out onto the racetrack, has to get back in line around some race traffic. Meanwhile, Jason Leffler, the man whose nickname is Left Turn, doing some pretty good right turns as well as he runs in the top six positions right now. 16 laps of 50 complete here at Road America. Welcome back. Road America, Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin, just an hour from Milwaukee, two and a half hours from Chicago. Ron Fellows from Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. He is currently being shown as the race leader as we check out the AutoZone leaderboard. Get in the zone, AutoZone, while Reed Sorensen elects to make a pit stop here at lap number 18. Behind Fellows, Max Pappas runs in second spot. Third belongs to Jacques Villeneuve. Justin Allgaier will run in fourth. Fifth spot is Jason Leffler. J.R. Fitzpatrick runs sixth. Seventh is Kenny Wallace. Eric Almarola is eighth. Billy Johnson is ninth. And Mike Wallace now up to tenth. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. rides in the 11th spot. Twelfth, you'll find Mike Bliss. Reed Sorensen in 13th. Andrew Ranger in 14th. Josh Wise in 15th. 16th is Michael McDowell. Blake Cook in 17th. 18th is Jeremy Clements. Ricky Carmichael races in the 19th spot. And 20th is Eric McClure. And remember McDowell, who's in 16th, has already made his pit stop during this sequence, so he'll move up as everybody else makes their stop. Running in the 21st position now is Alex Kennedy. Kevin Conway runs 22nd, Brian Scott 23rd, Steve Wallace 24th, Elliot Sadler 25th, Derek Cope 26th, and Michael Lynette 27th. Those 27 teams are on the lead lap. A lap down, Dennis Setzer in 28th, Timmy Hill in 29th, and 30th, Tim Schindel. 31st is Trevor Bain, 32nd, Doug Harrington, Jason Bowles in 33rd, 34th is Jennifer Joe Cobb. Behind the wall. 35th, Morgan Shepard, 36th, Carl Long, Charles Lewandowski in 37th, 
Also behind the wall is Jeff Green in 38, 39th Scott Wimmer, Chase Miller in 40th, 41st Tim Andrews, and 42nd is Brett Rowe. Average speed 91.173 miles an hour. We have been running for 50 and a half minutes right now. We have had one caution flag. That came out at lap number six when Doug Harrington found himself in trouble in turn number 11. Meanwhile, being pushed down the pit lane, looks like there are some problems cropping up for some of these teams that are having issues refiring their automobiles. This time it is going to be Jason Bowles whose crew is trying to push him down and away while the race leader Ron Fellows is on the course and has no trouble at all. Right now Ron Fellows will buy him lonesome as he works his way back down into turn number five. He has stretched that advantage over Max Pappas out to about 15-20 car lengths and about another 10 back to third place running Jacques Villeneuve. It's Fellows now into turn number six, slides to the right side, yanks the wheel to the left. On the left side into turn number seven and down the hill one more time for Ron Fellows. He's got some clean racetrack in front of him, giving him an opportunity to catch his breath as he looks in his rear view mirror and sees a distant Max Pappas here in turn number eight. Pappas, meanwhile, has a hard charging Jacques Villeneuve coming up from behind. Those two run single file trying to track down Ron Fellows. Fellows will turn right, closing in on the lap car of Dennis Setzer. He'll make short work of Setzer as they exit off turn 10 and down the short chute. Dennis Setzer will move to driver's right, give plenty of room for Ron Fellows. All by himself at the front of the field. Max Pappas the distant second. Jacques Villeneuve trying to close in. Still within about eight car lengths in that third spot as the race leaders make their way through the kink and hit the S's. Ron Fellows, one of the masters of road course racing. Let's watch his technique here in turn number 12. Hard on the brakes at 400 feet. Gets off the brake pedal at 50 feet. Let's the car roll through the corner. Then hard back on the gas going up through the gears. Makes the right-hander, the left-hander, and towards Jeff Siegel. And the Canadian exits Canada corner. And they've been talking about possibly pinning that machine soon. We'll follow him. He makes the right-hand turn off of 14. He's got Max Pappas in tow. Then comes Jacques Villeneuve. And here comes Ron Fellows working up the front straightaway. Not going to pit road. Meanwhile, there is a second spin on the part of Doug Harrington. He almost collided with another machine. Now he gets it off the grass and pointed in the right direction. Ron Fellows continues to lead, crossing the stripe, starting lap number 21 with Max Pappas still in hot pursuit. It's interesting. This is the first race of the year for Ron Fellows. He's been doing a lot of administrative work. He has been a consultant for Chevrolet, as he has been for years. And I was asking him about that. He said, don't worry. He said, you shake the rust off fairly quickly. Meanwhile, Jacques Villeneuve now on the racetrack. Pet Lane running in the fourth spot slowly comes to the attention of the discount tire crew. 35 miles per hour up the long pit lane. The bad thing for the crew is they only have to go by radio to know when he's on pit road because they can't see him until he crests the hill here just past the start-finish line. So now they go to work on the left side of the discount uh, tire Dodge. Plenty of work on that left side saying he has no rear grip. So they're making an air pressure adjustment for him. Second Candace and Uncle Racing Field going in. Work now. On the right side, as a fender has to get pulled back a little bit around the right front after making contact out, and Jack Villeneuve is down on the way. 20 laps are complete. 30 laps remain in the running of the Bucyrus 200 presented by Menards. Back at Road America in Elkhart, late Wisconsin, where we are under our second service master clean caution. It happened in front of you, Dave Moody. Well, uh, Kevin Conway has taken Joe Nemechek's AMFM Energy Chevrolet for a spin at the entrance to turn number one. 
backed rear wheels out into that gravel trap, and as you might expect, the minute he lit the engine and tried to pull away, he just dug himself a nice hole, buried it right to the hubs. Uh, The big crane is on its way out to shove him out of the sand trap, but for the moment at least, Kevin Conway sits stranded about midway in turn one. Tough break for the 33-year-old out of Cornelius, North Carolina. He is going to need some help, and they've got the crane set up. They will extricate him from the uh, gravel trap there out at turn one. We are under caution for the second time. Ron Fellows is our leader from Road America. This is MRN Radio, the voice of NASCAR. Still under caution here at Road America in Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. Welcome back to MRN's coverage of the Bucyrus 200 presented by Menards. I'm Dan Hubbard alongside Eli Gold. And MRN has pretty much exhausted their talent resources here. But just for a few guys, we have Dave Moody, Mike Bagley, Alex Hayden, Buddy Long, David Hyatt, Steve Post, Kyle Ricky, and Tony Rizzuti, Jeff Striegel calling the action for us on the turns at on pit road pete pistoni preston root and jason toy this track is so big we had to use everybody and almost their brother just about almost their brother 50 laps 202 and a half miles of racing on this four mile long racetrack 14 turns and right now ron fellows shows the way as we were talking earlier i told you this is the first race of the year for Ron Fellows, and I was curious whether a veteran such as himself gets rusty when he's out of the car for a while. I think you do. Um, you, you, when you're when you're not doing as as often, um, yeah, you're 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 a little rusty. And I think the uh, it it came. You know, I felt pretty comfortable pretty quickly at VIR, so that that was uh, you know I was pretty happy with that, and um, you know. Certainly, uh, Tony was able to make uh, Tony Jr. was able to make uh, some really good adjustments to to uh, help the car get better, and uh, you know, we left feeling pretty good about things. But yeah, it's uh, you're never when you're when you're active every you know every week, it's a lot easier. You, you're it, it's so much less of a of a conscious motion to have to go through. But there's uh, I think there's a lot of muscle memory left. I don't think there's any question about that. He is leading the event. He mentioned Tony Jr., of course, Tony Urey Jr., who is the crew chief on that number seven machine that Fellows is driving. And he also mentioned VIR, that is Virginia International Raceway in Alton, Virginia, just outside of Danville, where they went for a test to get used to everybody and get acclimated and prepared for this afternoon's race here at Road America. A stat that surprised me about Ron Fellows is that he's a four-time winner in the NASCAR Nationwide Series and only 18 starts. That is almost a 25% winning percentage. That's just very, very impressive on the part of Canadian. We are still under the caution, and uh, we want to remind you that the Service Master Clean trucks are working to get us back under green. When would you call Service Master Clean? When you experience something unfortunate in your home or business, like a fire that leaves smoke damage, a busted water heater, or flood that leaves water damage. That's when you would call Service Master Clean, and that's why Service Master Clean is the official cleaning partner of Road America. Go to servicemasterclean.com to find the location nearest you. Dave Moody, when they come downhill here on this 3,025-foot-long front straightaway, how much passing are you seeing there? Can guys get on the brakes and make a move there, or do they set 
guys up in turn number one. Eli, there hasn't been a ton of passing underbreaking here in turn one yet today, and most of it has come from the guys that are really world-class road racers because, as we heard someone say in the, in the pre-race, I don't re- remember quite which driver mentioned it, but it's a very high-speed section of the racetrack. Even after uh, coming down through the gearbox and getting on the brake, they're still doing well over 100 miles an hour through turn number one. So in order to get it right, you've got to be able to outbreak at a very high rate of speed. The margin of error is very, very thin. So I think we're seeing a lot of setting up here in turn one uh, with the actual move being uh, pulled off in turns three. Ron Fellows, the race leader, is on pit lane along with about 18 of his buddies. Well, Ron Fellows, anything but rusty today with the lead here in this race series at the halfway point. Four tires and fuel for that race car. The crew is up on pit wall about three laps ago, but Tony Uri Jr. called them back. They decided to come in now, and it worked out perfectly under caution. Ron Fellows off pit road. More cars in front of Jason Toy. Coming in is Max Pappas and the Menard Chevrolet. Two rounds are going down into the rear end. They're taking a little extra time, making sure they get every ounce of fuel into this thing. Slow on the fuel. He's going to lose several stops on the pit road. Jason Leffler is also in. Four tires and fuel for him. No adjustments. Also, Kenny Wallace getting service as well as Michael Annette. Making sure the biggest thing right now is as much fuel as they can to keep them in those fuel windows. About in front of you, Preston Root. Yeah, Mike Wallace last stopped on lap eight for fuel only. This time, Mike Wallace comes down and takes on four Goodyear tires. Also making another stop, his fourth of the day, Trevor Bain comes in. This is fairly routine after a radiator problem from the spin and then water refill for that radiator. This stop for Trevor Bain, more routine, four tires and fuel. Also, Mike Bliss taking on four tires and fuel in the center section of pit road. So all of this taking place now at lap number 21 as the field still circulates under caution behind the pace car. This caution, the second of the day, brought out on lap number 20 when Kevin Conway went off course in turn number one, buried that car in the gravel pit, bringing out the service master clean caution. Back with you here at Road America, looking at some video now, the NASCAR officials are, confirming whether Max Pappas did or did not enter his pit stall correctly in that Ream Chevrolet. He came in for a stop moments ago, and there is a correct way to enter the pit stall box. Jason, what's going on right now? Well, like you said, they're looking at the video as well, along with uh, the officials. The look at the video, see if he came in through three pit stall boxes. He can only drive through the max of two of them, but they say he drove through three on his way on the pit road. Now, he has a little bit of a separation here because there's an empty box right behind him, and then right behind that is the 22 drive of Jacques Villeneuve and the Penske crew is sitting here as well. So kind of drove through that box as well on his way in. So obviously very upset. Max Pappas now coming back down the pit lane to take advantage of this, even though he had to drop to the rear of the field. They're going to make sure they get more fuel into that uh, Chevrolet, but one thing will certainly be fun is to watch him come to the front. No doubt about that. That car is a good one, and Max knows his way around a road course. There are also some other work going on right now on uh, one of the other machines. Kenny Wallace looks as though there, there are issues with the gear shifter. The crew is reaching into the race car, trying to tend to something and repair it. They were magnif- they were uh, fabricating something on the pit lane. What's going on in Kenny's pit? Well, we're going to follow up with uh, Robbie Benton here in just a few and also Scott Zibidelli, who's calling the shots, but they're now pushing Kenny away. It looks like he cannot get it in the gear as now the crew is picking up some speed as they push him down the pit lane. The lap car, Jennifer Joe Cobb, will pass him on the outside. NASCAR officials stopping him here. 
as they're saying they cannot go any further on pushing, so now they're going to push him back once again, but obviously very upset here for Kenny Wallace as he tries to get this car back into gear. Tough break because Kenny came into the event seventh in points entering the action today. We'll follow up on that in a moment, but first we have to pause 10 seconds for station identification on the Motor Racing Network. Welcome back to Road America, everybody. The field will be getting the one-to-go signal, and we will resume racing here in just a moment or so. 23 of 50 laps complete. I'm Eli Gold, Dan Hubbard alongside. Glad you're able to join us here from the beautiful... uh, city or town, if you will, of Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. This 14-turn road course, 4.04 miles, has been smiling upon some, but has not been a nice spot for others, including Kenny Wallace, who has now had to take his car behind the wall. Let's go back and get an update on what they're working on. Well, they haven't quite made it back behind the wall just yet. They brought him back down on the pit lane here, and they're going to try to push him once again. They reached in, made an adjustment on the gear shift. And now they're going to try to push them again. The NASCAR officials telling them what they can and can't do. So we'll have to follow up. But Kenny Wallace still sitting here patiently on pit road. It's a heartbreaker for Kenny because things had gotten derailed for a while on that uh, driver's career. He just had not uh, been able to establish himself as he had years ago. But, Kenny, you seem to have gotten your career back on track. I learned this saying, your life won't change until you change your life. It hit me like a ton of bricks. You just got to say it to yourself. Your life won't change until you change your life. I had to change my life. I had to get with a, a, a car that could go fast. I had to get serious about, you know, going fast again. That's all it was about, just going fast again. I'm still the same person. I still entertain people on TV. It's just that people perceive you by the way you're performing. So now that I'm running back in the top ten, now I'm back. Now he's serious. But I'm not. I'm still the same guy. And, you know, he was very honest when Kenny and I sat down, and it was uh, just he and I in the front of the team transporter. And he was, very, he was brutally honest about himself. He said, you know, there are people nowadays who don't know me, and I'm using his words, who don't know me as anything but a clownish Mm-hmm. TV personality. Those were his, his words, not mine. And he said, yeah, that bothers me. I have to let these people know that I'm a legitimate race car driver. And again, he came in seventh in points, albeit having some issues now. They're underneath that Toyota looking at what the problems are on the shift linkage, the gear shifter, whatever it might be. But uh, Kenny has dedicated himself to getting back to the Kenny Wallace of years ago, who has run and won more than his share of races. And I think the results show that. Kenny Wallace was running in the top ten here this afternoon at Road America. As you say, he came here seventh in points. Five top tens on the year. Finished 13th at Montreal. He's not a bad road course racer. None of the Wallaces are, really. And tough break for Kenny. We thought maybe it was just going to be a shifter problem. They were kind of manufacturing some type of soft material and wrapping it in duct tape, and they were going to cover the shifter inside the car. But now they are underneath the machine doing something far, far more serious. We'll come to you, Jason Toy, in just a moment, because here comes the field out of turn 14. We'll get an update on Kenny Wallace's story in a moment. 
Green flag, Michael McDowell ahead of Jacques Villeneuve, Brian Scott, Elliot Sadler, and Steve Wallace in that order to turn one. Here comes Villeneuve. He's going to make a move to uh, driver's left. That'll be the long way, outside way around. He's going to have to fall back in line in second. Challenge is on for fourth. Steven Wallace, driver's right, going up against Elliot Sadler. Here's Wallace. He'll grab that position. He'll grab the fourth spot from Elliot Sadler as they stack up behind them. Leaders now up front, single file, leaving turn number three. Battle for the lead is on yet again. Michael McDowell and Jacques Villeneuve thunder through the valley of the trees. As they work their way down the moraine sweep and back down into a very tight turn. Number five, the leaders back under green one more time. Battling hard down into this fifth turn. Villeneuve's got the inside line, trying to do what McDowell did to him earlier, and he's got the position by a half-car length. Brian Scott, meanwhile, goes to the gravel trap. He'll lose several positions as Villeneuve takes the lead. Villeneuve takes the lead. Now Michael McDowell falls into his tire tracks. The front two have broken away by Ten car lengths. Elliott Sadler and it's side by side. Reed Sorensen gets the best. Stephen Wallace now drops back to the fifth spot. Stephen Wallace looks in his rearview mirror and sees the rest of the field beginning to bear down on him on hurry downs. Here they come, jamming the brakes, setting up for the left hand. Turn number eight. It's Ricky Carmichael. It's also the rest of the field now filling the rearview mirror of Stephen Wallace. As the front two pull away. Villeneuve by a car length over McDowell. Ten car lengths now back to Elliott Sadler. Then Reed Sorensen. Stephen Wallace and Ricky Carmichael. Under the Hawk Performance Bridge go the race leaders at the exit of the carousel. Now they'll hit the king. It is shot filled by two car lengths over Michael McDowell. Several more back to Elliott Sadler, Reed Sorensen, Stephen Wallace, and Ricky Carmichael battling from third on back. Uh, the leader makes his way through Kettle Bottoms and into Canada Corner. Turn 12, hard right-hander. McDowell right on the back bumper of Villeneuve. They work their way up into the right-hander and into the left-hander. Turn 13, Villeneuve by about two car lengths. The top two are long gone, but they're only separated by just a car length. Then, of course, Villeneuve back to McDowell. Third right now, Elliot Sadler. Then you've got Reed Sorensen, Steve Wallace. Billy Johnson behind them. It's a hornet's nest. You've got Andrew Ranger, Ricky Carmichael, Ron Fellers diving to the inside, trying to pick up a position off 14. But it is Jacques Villeneuve who leads the field up the hill and across the stripe. And uh, he looks and sees cross flags, meaning we're halfway to Cyrus 200. Next time he comes by, though, he's going to see the black flag because Jacques Villeneuve will be black flagged for changing lanes before the start-finish line here on this most recent restart. It's the same thing we saw happen with Johnny Sauter in a NASCAR Camping World Truck Series race a few weeks ago at Texas with Ron Hornaday. So Villeneuve, although he is currently at the head of the field, he will be black flagged when he comes by at lap 26. He'll have to come down the pit lane. That will give Michael McDowell the race lead again. Meanwhile, Kenny Wallace's update. What's the story, Jason? Well, they're sitting up here. Trying to, they finally got Kenny back out on the track here. They went to work on the backside, and Scott Zibidelli here talking with the uh, the official. And, Scott, it looked like you guys reached in the, inside the cab there for a little bit and then went behind the wheel towards the battery. What was the problem? Uh, we lost our battery somehow, um, so the guys had to uh, plug it back in or put a cover on. I'm still trying to get to the bottom of the story. But, yeah, just a coincidence. The shifter handle broke, and we did that, and the car shut off at the same time, so we, we fixed two issues. So if we get a caution, I think we'll be okay. We'll get back on uh, back on track. Our fuel mileage is really, really good, so hopefully that will help us in the end here and get a good finish. All right, Scott Cipadelli up here trying to lead the troops here and get Kenny Wallace back on the lead. We've lead got line. a car stopped out on the racetrack right under the uh, Corvette Bridge. Jeremy Clement's car has stopped right on the right side of the racetrack in a very precarious spot. In fact, if he rolls further ahead, he's going to be in this blind corner. So Jeremy Clements at a standstill right here just entering turn number six.
Also, there are problems for the Carl Edwards car that Billy Johnson is driving here today. He has come to a stop out on the racetrack, has gone off on one of the access roads and around some of the tire barriers to the safety of the uh, cruise near the garage area. So a lot happening in a hurry as we remain under green. And again, Jacques Villeneuve still at the head of the field, but he is going to have to come in to serve a black flag penalty. So Michael McDowell is actually the race leader. But meanwhile, Jeremy Clements, whose best finish of the year was 14th at Iowa, is still on the racetrack and off to the side of the racing surface in a precarious way there, just watching and waiting as the leader is now in turn one. He's going to head down through turn one and two, and it's five car lengths back to Elliott Sadler, the new second-place man. It's a two-car breakaway up front. It is Michael McDowell and Elliott Sadler. You drop a waist back to Reed Sorensen right now behind the race leaders, and then they are stacked up. Rod Fellows the man under the gun right now. Steven Wallace is lined up behind him. Justin Allgaier's there. And then you got another pack of five. So as the leaders stretch it out just a tad up front, there is racing and there's intense racing as they head downhill. And caution is on the speedway for that Jeremy Clements machine that has stopped off to the side of the racetrack. There is also debris on the racetrack, but the bigger problem is Jeremy Clements, who's making his 52nd NASCAR Nationwide Series start, but is first on a road course, and he is on the racetrack right side and at a stop, and it is really a very, very dangerous area, so NASCAR wisely throwing the caution. Also serving that drive-through penalty moments ago, Jacques Villeneuve and the discount tire Dodge owned by Roger Penn and uh, I, I, it's probably a good thing I don't speak French because I dare say <laughs> a few invectives are flying from that driver's seat you right now. You could have translated the radio conversation for us. A ton has happened just in the last two laps. Jeremy Clements, of course, in a spin. Villeneuve being black flagged. Max Pappas was penalized for a pit road uh, infraction. And Billy Johnson took to an access road. We will reset all of it for you in just a moment as 26 laps have been completed in the Bucyrus 200. Back at Road America, working caution number three of the afternoon. We mentioned that Billy Johnson took an access road off the track. He has come to a stall somewhere in the garage area, and I imagine Billy Johnson would not mind fans taking his picture, but he would much rather it happen in Victory Lane and not somewhere in the garage area behind the pit wall. Billy Johnson mysteriously is just sitting still, still in the car. There are fans surrounding him with cameras taking shots, but Billy looks very frustrated behind the wheel. He's just kind of dead in the water there. Yeah, he took an exit or an access road out near turn number five that goes away from the racing surface and towards the far end of the paddock area. And uh, that's where he has come to a stop and the uh, crew kind of unknowing as well, other than the word that they think there might be an engine problem because he was not touched by anybody. He just drove, not even missing a turn. He deliberately just pulled off to the side and took that access road. So we'll uh, follow up on that. Uh, Pit stops continuing. Kenny Wallace is in. Some of the back markers have been in for service, but otherwise all the lead race cars stay on the speedway as they are working the uh, third of the service master clean cautions again jeremy clements stopping out on the racetrack and that was the reason for this caution period so been a busy day here and i'm telling you uh, and you guys out there in the turns mike bagley you can tell far better than we here at the uh, start finish line but there are cars and people everywhere last year was a great crowd i think they've outdone themselves today 
Yeah, they have, Eli. And it's always a great time coming up here to Road America and Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. You see the barbecue grills out. You see the coolers out. Everybody's sitting in their lawn chairs having a great time. Matter of fact, they're giving us an ovation right now as we feed the public address system here at the uh, Road America Road Course. It's a carnival-like atmosphere out here in turn number five as well, as long as turn number eight. But everybody is uh, here enjoying a great day of racing. They saw a lot of good racing earlier with the Grand Am cars, and no doubt they're getting their money's worth here with the NASCAR Nationwide Series cars as well. And, of course, for those of us who are a little larger than the average size bear, uh, waking up with temperatures <laughs> in the 50s and a nice breeze blowing makes our engines run more efficiently as well. So it has been uh, very, very pleasant in light of the high 90s and 90% humidity that many of us deal with with our homes in the deep south. I prefer the heat myself, but that's just me. Your mileage may vary. I want to throw a question <laughs> out to Buddy Long. And, Buddy, Michael McDowell so far has really had a very, very good race, and he's keeping the likes of Ron Fellows and Jacques Villeneuve and Max Pappas at bay. Are you surprised, given that this is Michael McDowell's only second nationwide start of the year? I am very shocked. I mean, it is a good car. Michael obviously is a very good driver, but there is no doubt this has truly been his strong suit down on this end of the racetrack in turn number five. We have seen countless times this evening in which uh, he gets a good overtaking process or he's drawing even with somebody coming down that uh, Moraine sweep and into turn number five until Jacques Villeneuve did it to him a while ago. But uh, this has clearly been a very impressive run by that uh, that Pizza Ranch Toyota. He has gotten to the inside of several of the very best in the road racing business, challenged him on the inside, and then gone up that 1,000-foot hill and grabbed a lead or another position. He has been very strong on this end of the course. In six road course starts, uh, Michael McDowell previously had a best finish of 10th at Watkins Glen last August. Let's check down on Pit Road to find out what strategies teams are planning. Brought to you by Nationwide Insurance, the official auto insurance provider of NASCAR. First to Jason Toy. Jason Ratcliffe, the crew chief down here for our leader, Michael McDowell. All right, we're getting here. You look down, you see 23 to go. What's the strategy for you guys? Well, we, you know, obviously we got to stop and uh, put some tires and put some Sunoco gas in this thing if we're going to make it to the end. But right now it's just, uh, you know, we've uh, a couple of the other guys, the fast, fast guys that were racing here have had some... Uh, some troubles so we'll we'll see if they can work back uh to the front and we're just you know we're trying to figure out what kind of pit strategy we need to do to get in the be at the front when this thing's over uh michael's done a great job in our pizza ranch toyota uh hats off to him he's done a great job all day and um so we'll see i think uh we got an opportunity here and we'll see if we'll, it'll work out for us all right that's jason Ratcliffe, the crew chief from michael mcdowell let's swing down to the middle section of pit road and preston root one of the guys in the middle of section of pit road that has taken a different tact on pit strategy is elliot sadler he went all the way to lap 15 he had a solid top five put together he's back in the top five currently running there now his only stop today has been on lap 15 he reports that the car is good elliot sadler if there is another caution it could fall right into his lap he's had a strong car all day elliot sadler currently scored second is on a different fuel strategy than a lot of these guys, although he does have one stop left, it may come at the perfect time if you work your way from the checkered flag back to that final stop that he may make. Let's check in with Pete Pistoni. What's going on down there for well, strategy? Well, Preston, uh, Preston Tony Uri Jr. had Ron Fellows in back on lap 21, and uh, when he came in, he was the leader, but you can see as the, the laps wore down, he started to fall back and apparently uh, had a bad set of tires, but things kind of came to him, so they're going to stay out there. They're going to try to make this on one more stop. 
the same for his teammate, Eric Almirola. Tony Uri Sr. having him out on lap 21. They're going to try to make this on one stop as well. Also talked with one of the Goodyear engineers when we started this race. Temperatures in the air were up 78 degrees, and the track temperature was a little bit over 100. It has cooled off a little bit, but the slipping and sliding that we saw early on is starting to subside a little bit as the track temperature comes down. So we'll see if this tire strategy and this pit fuel strategy works out for the Junior Motorsports team down here at this end of pit road. All right, Pete, thank you very much. Obviously, we're working only the 16th race of 34, so there's lots of action yet to go here in 2011. But uh, with the problems he had earlier, Ricky Stenhouse, who came in with a two-point lead in the series standings, has dropped to third as of this moment. He's 11 points behind Elliott Sadler and uh, about eight points behind Reed Sorensen. So that is an update on the points. But again, that is uh, still quite early, midway through this race and only on the 25th of June. So there is a lot yet to go as finally now they have brought the uh, Billy Johnson car around to the main garage area and where the transporters are after him going off course earlier. We'll get an update as to exactly what transpired on the Fastenal 4 that is normally driven by Carl Edwards. We'll update you when we come back. Here at Road America, the field now working their way through turn number 12, coming to the green flag with Michael McDowell leading on the AutoZone leaderboard. Elliot Sadler, Reed Sorensen, Andrew Ranger, and Ron Fellows, the top five. Steve Wallace runs sixth, but out of the event, Billy Johnson. Preston? Check in real quick with Billy Johnson. Billy, you guys uh, had a decent run put together, but uh, stopped suddenly on the track. What was the problem? I lost some oil pressure. Not sure uh, what happened, but... I just wanted to thank the whole crew, everyone at the Fast and All, um, Mike Bean, the whole, all the crew guys, and just all the supporters, Roush H Engine, every, everyone this is Fast and All's hometown, and uh, just a heartbreaking way to, to end a race, but we were looking pretty good, and uh, just working our way back up to the front after I made a few mistakes, and just trying to whittle down the, the laps to do something at the end, and uh, just hate to see it this way. All right, that's Billy Johnson. He's out of the race, and I believe this is a tribute to a mechanical, not driver error. Checked in real quickly with Mike Beam. He said it just blowed up. Indeed it did as the field gets the green flag, and McDowell leads the parade to turn one. Elliott Sadler will drop right back in, in his tire tracks to ride in second. The battle now for third. Reed Sorensen, driver's right, gets a good challenge from Andrew Ranger. Here they come down the hill into turn number three. Further back, man on the move, rumbling out of the pocket. Ron Fellows, he dives hard to the inside. He'll race side by side with Stephen Wallace. That is the battle for the number five position. Put Fellows in five. Here's Wallace off course. He'll powder the faces of some of the drivers behind him as they head to turn five. Lead back now, shuffling, sorting themselves out as he worked their way back down to the bottom here in turn number five. Good battle going on here just outside the top five. Several drivers side by side. Right now, Elliot Sadler, one of the drivers up further, trying to make a move, but it's going to be on the outside. Justin Olgeyer getting caught by teammate Jason Leffler. They're side by side and the battle just outside of the fifth position. Yeah, they are. They're still side by side. Sorensen able to hang on to that fifth spot right behind him. Jason Leffler. There's Justin Olgeyer, Ricky Carmichael all running inside the top ten down into turn seven. We'll find out who's going to outbreak whom here at turn number eight. Right now it's Michael McDowell leading the way, busting out of the pocket, looking three wide here at turn number eight. Jacques Villeneuve, Eric Almirola, and Villeneuve will hip check Steve Wallace off into the grass. 
as they head under the Speedville Bridge. Those cars are still side-by-side. Steven Mike Wallace now. Mike takes the high side, gets around, as does Alex Kennedy. Steven Wallace falling back. That's a battle just inside of the top ten, but it's all Michael McDowell at the point. Elliott Tavler in the second spot. Three car lengths back is Andrew Ranger in third. Ron Fellows to round out the front four. Everybody has singled out as they hit the S's. McDowell into turn number 12 now with about a three-car length lead over Elliott Sadler. Makes the right-hand turn. Behind Sadler, Andrew Ranger about four car lengths back. Then Fellows, Sorensen, Leffler, and Allgaier as they make their way up the hill. Single file they come through turn 13. You've got the leader under attack now. Here comes Sadler, just two back from McDowell. Then you've got Andrew Ranger. He's starting to feel some pressure. Here comes Ron Fellows. Behind them, you've got Reed Sorensen, Jason Leffler, all doing battle. That is Michael McDowell who leads the field over Elliott Sadler and Reed Sorensen. They cross the stripe. They begin lap number 31. Let's drop back in the field just a little bit because it is getting pretty heated between Max Pappas and Jacques Villeneuve. There's another machine involved for that position. That's around the 11th spot. It's headed to turn one. Mad Max is on the move. He just dove to the inside of Eric Almirola, took a spot away from him. Villeneuve closing in on Almirola now as they pitch down the hill toward turn three. Single file into three. Here's Jacques Villeneuve. He wants another spot trying to outbreak uh, Eric Almarola coming in the corner. Villeneuve will clip the rumble strips on the inside of the racetrack. Almarola off course just for a moment, but Villeneuve will grab that spot as he heads to the, through the valley of the trees. Almarola now trying to gather himself back in, get back in line. Meanwhile, back up front, continuing to be Michael McDowell by just about a car length. Elliot Sadler, Andrew Ranger, Ron Fellows, a very tight top four. Then Reed Sorensen leading the Hornets nest about 10 car lengths back from fifth. Yeah, Hornets nest is the way to describe that, and it's teammates in many instances. You've got Sorensen, Leffler, Allgaier, and Carmichael, the Turner Motorsports team, running single file formation, and Mad Max is closing in on that quartet of drivers. Max Pappas getting very itchy back there, trying to figure out exactly which lane will open up with that foursome of Turner Motorsports drivers back to the Speedville Bridge. In the meantime, they stay single file as they come into the sweeping right-hander. McDowell is still on the point, followed by Elliott Sadler, Andrew Ranger, and Ron Fellows. It's 10 car lengths then back to Reed Sorensen. Reed Sorensen in the best battle right now, and he leads a pack of traffic from fifth on back. Three of his motor Turner Motorsports teammates just behind him. Jason Leffler, Justin Allgaier, Ricky Carmichael, and Max Pappas crawling his way back up through the field, up and into the top ten. Keeping an eye on that battle for third. Ron Fellows looking to the inside of Andrew Ranger. Thinks better of it, but he gets back on the gas. He'll now be within one car length. Just behind them, about five car lengths lap, is the Sorensen, and then Leffler and Algeier now getting into the battle with Jason. The top four cars separated by about two car lengths, watching that good battle from fifth on back. Reed Sorensen's got it. Then comes Jason Leffler, a half a car length back. Justin Allgaier, he'll look inside, he'll look outside. The drag race is on up the hill. They go up the hill and then begin towards downhill and turn one. That Turner Motorsports punch, they came up here last week to drive Mazda sports cars led by a racing instructor, Chris Cook. Dave, it's paying off. It certainly is, no doubt about it. Running very, very well indeed. Challenge and change for the number three position. Ron Fellows to the inside, takes a spot from Andrew Ranger. Here's the battle for the lead. Elliot Sadler diving to the inside of Michael McDowell in turn number three. Fender up alongside still as they clear the corner. Sadler now backs away. He'll follow McDowell down the hill, and they're beginning to tighten up from third on back as well. Typically when we see this, as they work down through that Moraine sweep, that's where they start to get side by side. This is Elliot Sadler's opportunity, but he's on the outside. It's not going to work there. McDowell covers the bottom 
side, holds on to the lead, but Sadler, a good run off of turn number five, sticks to that rear bumper up into turn number six. Two cars up front. It's McDowell with Elliott Sadler on his back bumper. One car length back, Ron Fellows, Andrew Ranger. About four car lengths back to Reed Sorensen. That's your top five as they turn number seven and head down the hill. Elliott Sadler taking a defensive line down Hurry Downs. He'll go to the drivers right up against the grass. Setting up for turn number eight. Sadler has a mirror full of Ron Fellows. Anzu Ranger right there as well. Sadler still trying to close in, though, on McDowell. It's four car lengths separating them as they head into the right-hander. Going down the hill. This time, Sadler slips out a bit, allowing Fellows a look to the inside, but nothing doing as they exit the carousel. Out of the carousel, they will go single file behind race leader Michael McDowell. Two car lengths back to Elliott Sadler through the right-hand kink. Then it's Ron Fellows in third, Andrew Ranger fourth, and a distant fifth is Wade Sorensen, but he's been able to break away from teammate Justin Allgaier. It looks like a ton of horsepower underneath that Toyota of Michael McDowell as he stretches his legs and stretches the lead to about four car lengths. Then Elliott Sadler, then Ron Fellows, and then four car lengths back to Andrew Ranger as they make their way through turn 13. Ron Fellows thinking about picking up another spot. Right now he's P3. He wants second away from Sadler. Sadler had been all over the back end of McDowell. Right now McDowell with about three car lengths back to Elliott Sadler. That's your top three. They're off turn 14. And they come back towards the stripe. Lap 32 of 50 will go up on the board. Michael McDowell, the leader, ahead of Elliott Sadler. Ron Fellows, Andrew Ranger, and Reed Sorensen. That's your top five. Pit stops now taking place with 17 laps to go. Without another caution, the teams can make it from here. In for service, Max Pappas and Andrew Ranger. Great story here this afternoon here for Andrew Ranger with his team out of the Northeast making the pit stop. Not the quickest. These guys don't get a lot of time here on pit road, but they're making the changes they need to on the right side, making sure they hit every single lug nut, making sure they get fuel in there for Andrew Ranger. Further up, Max Pappas making his final pit stop, getting that last bit of fuel in, getting those four tires, and he is down on the way. But still, Andrew Ranger, long pit stop, but an excellent run today. And that's a team, Dave Moody, that comes from Vermont, an area that obviously you're well familiar with. Yeah, a couple of my fellow Green Mountain boys, Eli. This is a team that spent the last few years competing on the KNN East Series. They've made the jump up to nationwide competition. This is a very small operation out of the tiny little town of Georgia, Vermont. Not exactly uh, the hotbed of southern stock car racing, but they've built a very good race car, and Andrew Ranger has driven it very well this afternoon. And last year, among his wins were KNN series races at the Infineon Raceway and at Lime Rock Park in Connecticut. So he has been a proficient road racer over the years. Michael McDowell continues to lead Elliott Sadler and Ron Fellows. That is a tight three-car battle for the lead. Let's pick it up on the course. And Fellows looks to the inside driver right in turn number 12 on Elliott Sadler and he gets the position and then pulls away up the hill into turn 13. Ron Fellows now up to P2 but what a great run by Elliott Sadler and the top three are long gone. McDowell, Fellows, Sadler running in the four spot right now. Justin Allgaier, then comes Reed Sorensen, Jason Leffler, and don't look now, but Jacques Villeneuve is on the move. He wants the spot as he works off 14. Very, very aggressive driving on the part of Jacques Villeneuve after being black flagged in today's event. We've got another front runner making a pit stop right now as he comes up the hill, and that is the machine of Elliott Sadler. Slows down to 35 miles an hour pit road speed. Sadler gave up the second spot. I should say the third spot after just being passed by Ron. Fellows, let's cover the Elliott Sadler stop. Elliott Sadler has had a great car all afternoon here in Road America. 
he brings his Chevy Impala in through just two pitch stalls. Very carefully, he hits his march. A big puff of black brake dust comes out of the front brakes for all the braking here. They go around to the left side first. It'll be a four-tire change. Two cans of a Sunoco American ethanol in that Chevrolet to make sure he can make the end of this race. He's been quiet on the radio, reports a good car, a solid pit stop, a little bit slow on the gas, making sure every ounce is in. Now Elliott Sadler down and away. And again, they do kind of work backwards here, as we talked about earlier, with all of these road racers. The car is going from our right, if you can visualize it, from our right to our left, so everything is reversed, something we've talked about for years as we go to uh, the road courses across our country. Meanwhile, 34 laps on the board. McDowell's advantage now, 1.2 seconds on Ron Fellows. Let's pick them up on the course. Exiting the carousel with that 1.2-second advantage. It's about another 20 car lengths on back to your third-place car, and that's going to be Justin Allgaier. Yeah, the top two right now all by themselves on the course through the kink here on the back side. It is Michael McDowell, six car lengths in hand over Ron Fellows, then a long gap back to Justin Allgaier, Reed Sorensen, Jacques Villeneuve, and Jason Leffler. The Toyota of McDowell makes its way through the narrow kettle bottoms into Canada Corner, gets through nice and clean. Ron Fellows right behind him. The gap's about 12 car lengths as they head up the hill to turn 13. Third now is Justin Allgaier, Reed Sorensen, and here's Jacques Villeneuve starting to make his move into the top five. Been watching Jacques Villeneuve just carve his way back through the field. He climbs the hill coming up and into turn number 13. He's got Reed Sorensen now dead in his sights. He works off of turn number 14. Car length separation between those two. Meanwhile, Ron Fellows is the new leader because Michael McDowell has come off the race course to the attention of the crew on pit lane, slowly making his way down the pit lane. Also, moments ago, a second stop for Eric Almarola. He had a loose wheel after making a pit stop a lap earlier. He had to come in to the attention of the crew to get that problem repaired. But let's see what kind of service now our longtime leader, Michael McDowell, gets. He's in all the way down towards the turn one end of the pit lane. 35 miles per hour as he brings the Toyota Camry down to the crew. Attention to the crew of Jason Ratcliffe. Now the over the wall crew this weekend is made up of Jermaine Racing Team members that work on the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, most of which from Todd Bodine's Toyota Camry, helping out as they go over the wall. Complete work on the left side. Now they'll swing around to the right side. Perfectly done. The second can of Sununco fuel is in. They give a swipe across the front to make sure that they get all the debris off the front grill. And Michael McDowell is down on the way. Reed Sorensen is also in. Four tires that fuel. A little delayed on the right rear. He is down on the way in his Chevrolet. Preston Root. Yeah, it's stopping in this intersection of Pickett Road. Ricky Stenhouse has made his last stop. Four tires and fuel. Now Trevor Bain speeds by as well. This intersection. Check in with Pete Pistone. Well, Preston, this end of Pitt Road, Ricky Carmichael came in, the Turner Motorsports driver, making his first nationwide series start of the year. The Camping World Truck Series regular had moved his way into the top ten. Four tires and fuel for that car. He's back on their way. And the Junior Motorsports team now on the wall awaiting the arrival of Ron Fellows for what should be his final trip to Pitt Road. All right, that bright orange signboard with a black number seven is prominently displayed now on the pit lane, and they are waiting for Ron Fellows to come in. Ron made his last pit stop at lap number 21, so he'll be coming in. And again, barring a caution, everybody can go from here. These teams that are coming in for fuel right now 
coming in at lap 36 of 50, 14 laps to go. They will easily be able to go the distance as far as fuel is concerned. Ron Fellow is on the course now. He makes his way through the corners and begins to set things up. Cuts hard to the right. Nearly takes out a slower car as he heads to the entrance of Pitt Road. A dangerous cut move for Ron Fellows as he came up on a much slower machine and really had to wrestle the car towards the uh, pit lane. So that will now give the lead to Jacques Villeneuve. Villeneuve heads off into the corner while Ron Fellows is in for service here directly in front of us. And the Junior Motorsports team goes to work on the AR Manufacturing Impala. Left side tires going on the vehicle right now. They're filling it up with Sunoco fuel. Now the team flies over to the right side of the vehicle. Goodyear Eagles going on as well, and he will be off of pit road with a very nice stop. Ron Fellows now can go the rest of the way to try to bring Junior Motorsports to victory lane. I'll tell you, though, he was a lucky, lucky man, and good that he is as good as he is because he came off turn number 14. Jennifer Joe Cobb's machine was right there, and he had to really whip his car around Jennifer Joe's to avoid it. Would, would have been a disastrous accident and a, a tough situation for both of those drivers. So Jacques Villeneuve now takes over the race lead. Villeneuve was in at lap number 26. He should be short of going the distance, although as good as he is on the road courses, you never know what kind of fuel he might be able to save. But even if he goes 20 laps, he will find himself at lap number 46, short of the advertised distance of 50 laps. All of this now taking place under green. Villeneuve, Leffler, Fellows, Wallace. That's Mike Wallace and Brian Scott in the middle of pit stops. That's your top five. Welcome back, everybody. You think you know who's going to win? Well, I'll tell you. Within the last 10 laps of these nationwide road course races, eight of the last 11 events, we have seen the final lead change. So it has always been a late lead change that has led to the eventual victory for the NASCAR Nationwide Series. Max Pappas and Ron Fellows, two of the best in the business, they're scrambling for sixth place in turn one. And it's a tremendous battle right now. Max has got about a half a car length over Ron Fellows. He swings wide at the exit of turn number one. Open the door for a moment, but slams it shut in the face of Fellows. Here he comes, Fellows to the inside again. Pappas slinging that Chevy from side to side, trying to keep another bow tie at bay. They clear three. They're on the straightaway. Here goes Fellows to the outside. They are side by side, under the bridge, and headed downhill. Lap ago, Fellows tried a very bold inside move down here in turn number five, but now he is really side by side and draws ahead just a little bit. Might be able to stick it in there, but Pappas still has the preferred line. Fellows is going to have to get on the binders, fall back in line by about a car length, but Fellows right back up on the gas, right on that back bumper. They come onto the Corvette bridge. Fellows looks to the inside into turn number six. Not there. He looks to the inside again. They're going to be side by side again into turn number seven as they go wheel to wheel and Pappas able to squeak out in front. An Italian in Max Pappas, a Canadian in Ron Fellows. Here they are. Fellows busting out of line. They'll outbreak. Who's going to be the first in turn eight? It'll be the Canadian Ron Fellows. He'll grab the position headed for the Speedville Bridge. All of that battling back and forth has allowed Michael 
Michael McDowell, though, to pull away. He's a good three, four seconds ahead of them as they exit turn 10 now and head down to the kink. And that battle continues at the exit of the carousel. Ron Fellows has it and has since been able to break away by about five car lengths from Max Pappas. And like you mentioned a moment ago, Michael McDowell, two laps ago, very much a part of that battle, but he has since pulled away by some 20 car lengths in the S's. And McDowell makes his way down into Canada corner. Clean sailing, no pressure from behind. He makes the right-hander very easily. Just behind then, Ron Fellows, Max Pappas. They're dealing with the slow car of Jennifer Joe Cobb. Both drivers get through, but that allows Justin Allgaier to close it up to about 10 car lengths behind them. Talking about three cars that can go the distance on fuel, albeit outside of the top five. McDowell already through turn 14. Now Ron Fellows will do the same thing. About 10 car lengths back, Matt, Max Pappas. Mike Wallace is in for his pit stop, Dan. He gives up the lead when he does, and now Michael McDowell and others move up just a notch. That was a stirring battle between Max Pappas, Michael McDowell, and Ron Fellows. Ron Fellows has gotten around Pappas. Two different drivers, two different driving styles. Fellows is very, very smooth. Dave Moody, is he making any ground at all on Michael McDowell? Well, it's hard to tell, Dan, because McDowell's lead is still so big that there are very few portions of the racetrack where Fellows can even see Michael McDowell. He has, though, pulled away from Max Pappas so he may have the fast enough car to run down the leader. Michael McDowell is headed downhill to turn five. As he worked it down into turn number five, again, McDowell with a very big lead. Ron Fellows finally getting around Max Pappas. See what he can do to see if he can reel him in as we see McDowell making his way down. Car Michael Annette just in front. Well, Fellows has him in his gun sights. It's only about 15 to 20 car lane separation between the two. Michael McDowell crests the hill under the Corvette Bridge. Again, this not necessarily the battle for the lead, but maybe the first car that can go the distance. McDowell has about 20 car lengths on Ron Fellows. Fellows about seven or eight car lengths back to Matt Pappas. And Justin Algar in the hunt as well as they roll into turn seven. And as Steve Post said, this is not the battle for the lead. Brian Scott right now is the race leader. Michael Annette is running in the second spot. They took over the top two positions when Mike Wallace came in for his pit stop moments ago. Then you cycle around to McDowell. Then you've got Eric McClure, who's next in the running order, on his own pit stop sequence. Then Ron Fellows, Max Pappas, Justin Allgaier, Elliot Sadler, and Reed Sorensen. So Brian Scott, currently the leader, has been as far back as 25th here today. Again, he is going to have to stop. So is Michael Annette. But for the moment, got to give these guys their just due. They're running awfully well and showing the way here as we are now 11 laps from the finish. Hey, folks, you can watch enhanced coverage of tomorrow's Sprint Cup Series race from Sonoma with TNT Race Buddy on NASCAR.com. It's new this season. You can watch the action from 11 live camera views, including four in-car cameras and the user-controlled 360 cam. Why not try it tomorrow for free at NASCAR.com? Welcome back. MRN Radio's live day-night doubleheader coverage from Road America. We signed on the air early this morning with the Grand Am Rolex Series race. Now we bring you this late night or late afternoon, early evening affair, the Bucyrus 200 presented by Menards for the NASCAR Nationwide Series. Closing in on... uh, the last few laps, Brian Scott, Michael McDowell, Michael Annette, Ron Fellows, and Max Pappas, your top five. Conventional wisdom says that Brian Scott would like to make a pit stop, 
but at this moment they are right on the edge of being able to go the distance. Teams talk about giving us anywhere from 17 to 20 laps on a fuel run. Uh, What are we hearing down in that Brian Scott pit area? Are they going to think of rolling the dice here? When you know crew chiefs keep their cards close to their chest, you know that 20 is an outside. Well, they may be able to make it a little bit further, but in the number 11 Brian Scott pit, uh, those guys think with the last couple of cautions that they may be able to stretch it. Save gas on the track. Brian Scott has got an excellent race put together today. They say they're going to go for it to the end of this event. Now he's at 2 minutes 19 seconds per lap. Michael McDowell at 2 minutes 15. Then you've got Michael uh, Annette. We will take him out of the mix for a moment. Ron Fellows at 2 minutes 16. Justin Allgaier and Max Pappas at 2 minutes 17. Jacques Villeneuve going at 2 minutes 15. So everybody is at least three, some are four seconds faster than Brian Scott. So even though he's going to give it for all he has, uh, the math may just not work in his favor with eight laps to go. And Eli, they just passed us here in turn number one. And even if the math doesn't work out, the lead for Brian Scott right now is only three and a half or four seconds as they pitch downhill. So if he doesn't run out of fuel, he may run out of laps because his lead is shrimping, shrinking rapidly. The, the distance was 5.9 seconds between Brian Scott and Michael McDowell. As you heard Dave Moody said, and here on our clock, on our timing and scoring, it is now down to 3.2 seconds. So you wonder, is Brian Scott going as fast as he can, or is he trying to preserve just a little bit of fuel? Certainly soon, McDowell is going to start filling the Brian Scott mirrors. Well, he's ninth in NASCAR Nationwide Series points. He had a 13th place run here a year ago. Uh, The guy's talented, no question about that. But as we say, everybody's closing in on him. Why don't we pick up the action on the course right now? Brian Scott, the leader. And it's tightening up. It's only about five car lengths now from Brian Scott back to Michael McDowell as they exit the carousel. And once Michael McDowell was able to clear Michael Annette two laps ago, he has really closed in on Brian Scott. Five car lengths a moment ago, make it three as they make their way through the kink, heading back onto the short straightaway between here and the S's. He is all but there and challenging for the top spot. Two black Toyotas make their way down in here to turn 12. Canada corner, the only difference, the yellow striping on the hood of the piece of ranch Toyota of Michael McDowell. It's three car lengths. It's two car lengths as they head towards turn 13. McDowell right on the bumper of Brian Scott. Well, fuel is not going to be the issue now for Brian Scott. It'll be Michael McDowell that will become the issue. Through turn number 14, Scott trying to hold on for all he is worth, and Michael McDowell is there. The race is on for the lead here at Road America. Drag strip is on, coming up the front straightaway. Again, this is between Brian Scott and Michael McDowell. McDowell pulls his Camry over to the right. They're going to be wheel to wheel as they head to turn one. The Joe Gibbs Racing teammates now going bare knuckles for the lead. Can Brian Scott afford to defend himself? It may not matter. McDowell, driver's right, slides through in turn number one. Michael McDowell back to the lead at Road America. Michael McDowell's been quite the road racing powerhouse this afternoon and he punctuates that with the move around Brian Scott to go back to the top of the leaderboard here in Road America. He clears turn number three and his teammate and now begins to march away. The differential now, one, 
two, three car lengths. Michael McDowell, large and in charge, headed to five. And it continues to widen. Speaking of the gap for Michael McDowell, he's got one lap car to deal with. That's the Doug Harrington machine, and that's one of the few cars that he'll have to deal with for quite some time. About five to six car lengths separation. Brian Scott solidly in second, looking back to Ron Fellows in third. He's dealing with the lap car of Tim Schindel, and then, of course, Kenny Wallace as he works up to the top of the hill. Yeah, McDowell, he's moving in on that slower car. Brian Scott back there. Kenny Wallace's lap car in the middle. There goes Ron Fellows as he has cleared the Schindel car. So your front three have broken away just a little bit and finally crusting the hill. Max Pappas, looks like we may have a battle for position now. Jack Villeneuve and um, Justin Allgaier start challenging each other for sixth off turn seven. Justin Allgaier quietly having a great weekend here on the road course at Road America. Stalking one of the best in the world is Jacques Villeneuve. They're coming through turn number eight right now. Villeneuve washes wide. Here comes Justin Allgaier. Those positions could shake up just a little bit as they come under the Speedville Bridge and all four of them pin it down to the bottom. It's Mac Pappas followed by Jacques Villeneuve. Then it's going to be the Justin uh, Allgaier uh, car followed by Elliott Sadler. This is the battle from fifth on back, well behind the front four, led by Max Pappas. Two car lengths in hand over the Jacques Villeneuve car. Five more back to Justin Allgaier, who's doing a nice job in fending off Elliott Sadler as they work through some lap traffic. The Canadian fans here in Canada Corner on their feet as they see Jacques Villeneuve Close in on Max Pappas. He'll try to stick it to the bottom. Can't get it done. Behind them, Elliot Sadler briefly gets into the left rear quarter panel of Justin Allgaier. He'll have to tuck back in. That battle now heads to turn 13. Things getting physical here in the closing laps. We're watching Jacques Villeneuve trying to run down Mad Max Pappas. They made contact over in turn number five. That pushed Villeneuve off the racetrack. He's got it regathered, and he's going back after him as they climb the front stretch. That's the battle for fourth place going right now with six laps to go. But it's Michael McDowell who has the race lead by three and a half seconds on Brian Scott and by seven seconds on Ron Fellows nearing the finish of the Bucyrus 200. Inside of five laps remaining here at Road America to settle the Bucyrus 200 presented by Menards. Michael McDowell up by seven and a half seconds on Ron Fellows. Unless we get a very late service master clean caution here, I don't think anyone is gonna, anybody's going to chase down Michael McDowell. But the battle between Max Pappas in fourth and Jacques Villeneuve in fifth has really had everybody's attention here, and they just refuse to stop going at it. Let's pick up that battle on the course. Max Pappas has that position through the kink by a car length. Jacques Villeneuve once again continues to close in in the S's. Here's that fluorescent yellow Menard Chevrolet of Max Pappas down into turn number 12. Villeneuve within two car lengths. He'll dive down to the inside. Pappas able to get back on the gas. It's a two car link battle between Pappas and Villeneuve up through turn 13. Again, this is the battle for position number four. Mad Max has got it, and Jacques wants to take it away. Here comes Villeneuve under braking. He'll draw right up behind the Chevrolet. Now they'll go up through the gearbox. Second, third, fourth. Villeneuve quicker off turn number 14. He'll try to pull even. Up over the hill and down the main straightaway we will rejoin this battle for fourth between Max Pappas and Jacques Villeneuve in just a moment. But first, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on the motor racing network. 
back at Road America where the fight for fourth continues between Pappas and Villeneuve. Dave Moody, it was a wild moment there at turn one. Oh, my heart. Jacques Villeneuve gunned it into turn number one about ten car lengths deeper than any mortal human being would even try. He took the spot away, but then the car got out from under him. He slid halfway to Sheboygan before he got it back under control. Max Pappas, cool, calm, and collected, drove right back under him to take the spot back. Right down here in turn number five is what we've seen more of the same, but not this time by for about three or four times. Villeneuve has done the same thing. He's had the preferred inside line, dives it to the inside, but the car just can't hold its grip, slides out, and Pappas reassumes the spot. Things have settled down a little bit now in front of Max Pappas. It's the lap car of Doug Harrington as Jacques Villeneuve tries to rally back to challenge one more time. They're going to see what they can do under braking. Jacques Villeneuve sees the slower car of Harrington in front of Max Pappas. That enables Villeneuve to close the gap just down the three-car lengths. As it gets later in the day and this track gets more and more slippery, this is where we'll see which driver can really manhandle the race car. Hauling it down to the right and encountering lap traffic. This time, Pappas is going to hold off JV. But the battle for fourth continues to tighten up, moving around the Harrington lap car as they approach the kink. It's now less than a car length. Villeneuve is there, trying again. Now the lap car is out of shape. One car into the outside wall. It is Harrington just in front of that battle. Got crossed up in the kink and tagged the guardrail at a ton. Checking the ID, that is Doug Harrington's car that broke loose just in front of that fourth-place battle. And Max It's going to be a full-course yellow. The Service Master Clean Caution is flying with four laps to go, lap number 46, and he just found himself in a very tough spot. Harrington, not the road racer clearly that Villeneuve and Pappas are. He was directly ahead of both of those men, and then all of a sudden he had nowhere to go. Just slid a little too far over to the left on this right-hand kink and got into the outside dirt. No traction in the dirt, got into the outside guardrail at a ton, spun several times just ahead of that fourth-place battle that we were talking about. They were able to dart right and avoid the spinning car of Harrington, who has since been able to break pull away. Harrington competes in the Trans Am Series for the SCCA. He is currently sixth in points in that series. He is making his NASCAR Nationwide Series debut. He's had his second incident of the day. He was just trying to give Max Pappas and Jacques Villeneuve some racing room. Got the left side tires out, out of shape, as you heard Kyle Ricky describe. And we are under our fourth service master clean caution of the day. We are counting down the final laps here at Road America, currently under caution. Three laps remain in the Bucyrus 200. Michael McDowell leads. Ron Fellows is in second. Brian Scott third. With Max Pappas and Jacques Villeneuve riding in the fourth and fifth position, respectively. And, and Eli, that battle for fourth between Pappas and Villeneuve was probably some of the best racing we have seen all year, passing and repassing on consecutive laps. It was it was tremendous to watch. Yeah, we were just commenting during the commercial break among ourselves that it almost reminded you of Gilles Villeneuve. The car Jacques, control. Yeah, Jacques' dad, who was a, a Formula One champion, one of the, the best road racers ever. They have that feel. The, the greats do. They have that feel. They know just how far the car can go. They know how far they can push it get out of shape and still save it. It is a very, very uh, special science that these guys have. But Michael McDowell, obviously in a car that has uh, had tons of success, uh, Kyle Busch driving uh, that number 18 machine to uh, victory lanes plenty across the country. Uh, Denny Hamlin uh, has been in that 
car, driven it to victory, and Michael McDowell wouldn't mind putting his name on that short list here. Uh, at lap 47, we are three laps away from going back, uh, going to the checkered flag. And do remember, folks, we're talking a four-mile lap here. So under caution, it's taken these guys four and a half, five minutes to get around. So uh, what little track cleanup needs to be done ought to be done here fairly quickly after uh, the Harrington spin out there near turn number uh, 11. Take a quick look at the numbers for Michael McDowell. This is his 74th career nationwide start. He has a best finish of sixth at Las Vegas. That coming in February, way back in 2009. And in six road course starts, he has a best finish of 10th at Watkins Glen last August. No career wins. He's looking for career win number one. His first, he doesn't care if it comes at an oval. He doesn't care if it comes at a road course. And he's got to hold off Ron Fellows, Max Pappas, Villeneuve, Brian Scott. No no big task, really. Now, what goes through the mind of these drivers who are the, the interlopers, if you will, the road racing specialists, the guys who show up on occasion, and then right behind them and alongside them as they restart here, they'll be the series regulars, the Elliott Sadlers, the Justin Allgaiers, the Reed Sorensons, the Jason Lefflers, and the like. And I, I posed that question to Ron Fellows. When you come down towards the finish, do you still have to give series regulars any extra room on the racetrack? Are you cognizant of the fact that they are running for the championship and you're not? Yes, you, you, you have to be, uh, you've got to be respectful. Um, and, and I certainly try to do that. Um, I, whether it goes both ways, I would say definitely in, in Sprint Cup. Nationwide, not so much. There, there's a, you've got some veterans, but you've got a lot of young guys trying to cut their teeth. And, and I think um, my experience in Nationwide has been a lot of them are driving every race like it's their last. So uh, you got to be on your toes. And, and you know, it, it does help. I do watch the races. So you get to get to know. You can watch the races from home and and, uh, and and sort of judge the personalities and some of the some of the things they're doing on track that uh, are helpful when you get a chance to compete against them. Ron Fellows, who started fifth, he has led today. He was as far back at one point as fifteenth during sequencing of pit stops, and again he is right now in second place behind Michael McDowell. It's going to be interesting to see uh, a road racing ace against McDowell, who. We, we talked about this earlier, Dave Moody, not to compare, you know, NASCAR to other things, but McDowell knows he is an accomplished road racer, albeit in the Star Mazda series, the Daytona prototypes, champ cars. Uh, it's not the same, but at least he knows he's been there and done that. Well, that's right. He, he knows he's got the skill set, but at the same time, Eli, he also knows that he's never been able to parlay that skill set into a win here in the NASCAR ranks. He was on his way, had a nine-second-plus lead. He, he's got to be about inconsolable right now to look back and see all that talent in his rearview mirror, but he's going to put all that talent to work one more time and see if he can pull off this win yet. With Michael McDowell on the verge of his very first win in the Nationwide Series, Jason Toy, what's the mood like with crew chief Jason Ratcliffe and the 18 team? Well, let's find out. He's sitting up here on top of the war wagon calling the shots. I'll tell you what, the crew has been very lighthearted and smiling quite a bit here this uh, this afternoon. And uh, Jason sits up here and set, set up here at high atop this thing. And we get down to what you did not want to see was a caution come out here. But your driver certainly has been on rails all day. Yeah, he has. He's done, uh, he's done an excellent job in our Pizza Ranch Toyota. He... Um, I had, to, I had to get him to slow down there a little bit and take care of it. I, I suspected that this may happen, but uh, we definitely didn't want to see it. 
but it'll be a good race here. Ron Fellows, man, I got a lot of respect for that guy. I know he'll race him clean, and I know Michael has a lot of respect for him as well. So it should be a good race here at the end for the fans, and uh, hopefully Michael can hold him off and get his first victory here in the Nationwide Series. All right, Jason Radcliffe up here, confident as always. This team has been to victory lane. They're looking to do it here at Road America. Michael McDowell's previous best finish was sixth at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway back in February of 2009, this being his 74th series start. He did win the pole earlier today. Now, this will be a green, white, and checkered flag finish, so we will go past the advertised distance as they come back here to start finish. The green flag will be displayed, then the white flag, and then uh, the checkered flag, and that will be uh, interesting to see if everybody can get through with the opportunities to redo the green-white checkered flag finishes. Three opportunities, but let's take it all here one at a time. McDowell will start with the lead. Ron Fellows will restart in second. Brian Scott restarts in third. Then Max Pappas fourth. Jacques Villeneuve in fifth. Elliot Sadler sixth. Seventh is Justin Allgaier. Reed Sorensen will restart in eighth. Ninth will be Jason Leffler. And tenth, Andrew Ranger on the AutoZone leaderboard. Further back, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. after early problems will restart in 11th. Ricky Carmichael, a good run for him. He's in 12th. Michael Annette goes 13th on the restart. 14th, J.R. Fitzpatrick, and then Mike Wallace. And then you have the 16th, Mike Bliss. Blake Cook in the 17th spot. 18th, Timmy Hill. Eric McClure in 19th. 20th is Alex Kennedy. Josh Wise in 21st. 22nd, Eric Almarola. Steve Wallace in 23rd. 24th, Derek Cope. And Dennis Setzer rounds out our top 25. Pace car is off the racetrack. Kevin Moss puts the green flag in the air. Quickly, Michael McDowell gets the jump. Ron Fellows will follow him through to second spot. Then Scott Pappas and Sadler down the hill to one. A tremendous restart for McDowell. Off in the water. Off in the woods is JV, and they're piling up. Brian Scott in the wall. Max Pappas into the wall. Jacques Villeneuve nearly off into the sand trap. Hangs onto it. Multiple cars spinning and crashing in turn number one. So caution is out. Jacques Villeneuve, the first one to go. He then collects Max Pappas, and then spinning with nowhere to go was Brian Scott, and there are littered race cars all over that gravel trap near you, Dave. Mad Max Pappas sits literally at our feet here, Eli, after a three-car incident that appeared to break out when Jacques Villeneuve tried to make a move. Driver's right. It looked like three wide heading down into turn number one. It did not work. He ran out of real estate, got pushed off into the grass with the right side tires, came back onto the racetrack, impacted Pappas, shoved Pappas up into Scott. Both of those cars have have now buried themselves, and Max is burying it a little further here. Doesn't want to accept the verdict, and I don't blame him, because two guys that looked like they were on their way to a top three to five finish now are just buried here in the sand trap in turn one. So McDowell and Fellows will now be first and second. Elliott Sadler will be third. Then Reed Sorensen fourth and Justin Allgaier fifth. Villeneuve just got off the course, came back on, collected Brian Scott, bounced off those guys, got a piece of Max Pappas, sent him flying off to the wall. It was like they were all those little silver balls inside the pinball machine. And it happens on the first attempt at a green-white checkered flag finish here at Road America. 
Freightliner Trucks, the official hauler of NASCAR, is who race teams rely on to get their equipment and cars to the track. Freightliner's Coronado model is their traditional style truck with one of the best rides on the road. Drivers love the smooth, quiet ride, and spacious sleeper cab, making life on the road comfortable. Freightliner products are durable and reliable with the largest dealer network in North America. For more information, visit FreightlinerTrucks.com. Freightliner Trucks is a division of Daimler Trucks North America. Freightliner. Run smart. For over 50 years, Daytona has been second to none on the world stage as the epitome of excellence in automotive performance. Now, Daytona Elite takes that excellence and brings it to life in the form of Daytona Elite automotive products. A premium performance line that gives your car the ability to perform at its peak. You can be sure, if it says Daytona Elite, it's a product you can trust to get you to your finish line. Daytona Elite products, coming soon to an automotive aftermarket retailer near you. For those who desire, the pit lane is open, but mostly there'll be no takers as all of the top runners will stay exactly where they are as we prepare for a second green-white checkered flag finish. But that'll wait a while because they're still having to pull uh, Brian Scott out of the pea gravel. He is dug in on the left side all the way up to the top of the fender wells. Max Pappas is still sitting there, and again, I'm sure it's a good thing like it was earlier with Villeneuve. Probably a good thing we don't speak Italian because we'd all be uh, reaching for our thesaurus to find words that I don't believe are in there. It's almost as if Pappas is in denial. That car took such a shot to the front end, and yet Max refuses to get out of the driver's seat. So we are under caution. Lap 49, waiting for another green-white checkered flag restart. From Road America, this is MRN Radio, the voice of NASCAR. Every win's a total team effort, and the boys back at the shop are working real hard. But there's so much more to NASCAR today. Trying to cause damage in the motorhome already before I get in the race car, that's not good. Fear of failing, doubt, those things are what fuel me. I was that guy in that crop duster. He's like, you're a terrible pilot. You know, he's giving me a hard time. There's no way it'll make television. Join me, Woody Kane, on NASCAR Today each weekday for things you won't hear everywhere else. Your regular weekend pit stop for country music at the speed of sound is at America's Tailgate Party, NASCAR USA. Join host Rob Tanner as he cooks up two hours of tasty country hits. A grill is sizzling with hot news, features, and reports from the racing hub of North Carolina and straight from the tracks across the country. The race is on, and we've got you covered. So join us each weekend at America's Tailgate Party for hot laps and hot tracks. It's NASCAR USA on MRN Radio. Hi, this is Jimmy Johnson, driver of the Lowe's Chevrolet. You're listening to NASCAR's Racing on MRN Radio, the voice of NASCAR. Well, Max Pappas is finally out of the uh, pea gravel, and uh, he is uh, limping that Menard Chevrolet around to the uh, garage area. Tons of damage on the front end of that automobile. The left front is actually dragging the racing surface, so there are sparks flying. And I dare say when he catches up with, uh, with Jacques Villeneuve, there'll be some international sparks flying. I'm sure there's going to be a conversation once Pappas gets it back to the pits. I think he just wants to, his crew to tape him up so he can go back out there. But the fact of the matter is the left front wheel is not even spinning. It's not even turning. And, Dan, really he's make- taking the access road here off of turn number five just to prevent from going all the way around the racetrack. Actually, he has gone through that cutoff and is now getting back out on the track in front of Jeff Striegel. And here he comes. The car absolutely used up. The right front, make that the left front tire, is actually folded up underneath that left front quarter panel. So a uh, 
off course, on course, off course, back on course, and probably back on the pit road to end the day for Mad Max here, a couple of laps shy of the checkered flag. Too bad because those guys were putting on an outstanding, outstanding battle. One thing Max has done is left a ton of debris behind. No fluid that we can see using the benefit of the uh, track's own in-house cameras, but there are tons of uh, pieces of debris that have uh, come off that car, so they'll be attending to that here shortly. You know, it was all of a sudden in the hunt. You got Justin Allgaier running in third, Elliot Sadler now up to fourth as here comes Max Pappas. There is uh, steam coming out of the overflow valve on the uh, right front of that automobile uh, with very little racing time left here going green-white checker. Uh, They will not have much opportunity to do anything, I would assume, other than just rip pieces off that car, Jason. Yeah, he he can't even barely turn it back into his pit area. Coming in, you can hear the front end just dragging. Left side is not even turning on the left front. He turns it off here, but uh, barely could get it in here to the pit stall because of so much damage here. There's not, uh, I'll take it back, the left uh, corner here of the, of the bumper is not bent, but everything else is bent on Mac, this car. Max Pappas was in his second race for KHI. That is a brand-new car, and now it has been used up two laps shy of the checkered flag. He has had several podium finishes here, Mad Max has, and in IndyCar here at Road America, but he has never raced a stock car here. His best finish at a road course in the Nationwide Series, that's when he finished second at Montreal last August. So the fourth green-white checkered flag finish for the Nationwide Series in store. We had one at Talladega, you might remember, uh, one at Richmond with Denny Hamlin getting the win, Dover with Carl Edwards, and uh, Right now, there's work being done still on Max Pappas's car, but uh, I don't know what, if anything, they'll be able to do to get him back out onto the racetrack. But I was mentioning before, guys like Justin Allgaier now running in third, Elliot Sadler fourth, Jason Leffler fifth, Reed Sorensen running sixth. Between the Turner bunch and uh, Elliot Sadler, who has really resurrected his career, if that's uh, the right term here, in 2011. And I asked Elliot about that. Where are you in your career now that you're back in the NASCAR Nationwide Series? I think it's a rebirth of Elliot Sadler. I think it's a rebranding. I think it is a resurrection uh, of, of me and myself and my career and my status as a driver in, in at these top levels. Um, I've had a great career. I think I've accomplished a lot of things that I think a lot of race car drivers would say they'd be very happy with by having a win and a pole in all three series, by making the chase, uh, winning a couple races. Um, But to me, this was the best fit for me to get my life, my race career back on track, and that's with people I get along with. It's people I understand. I've had a relationship with Ernie Cope for you know, going on about 14, 15 years now. Kevin and Delana, when we sat down the first time, believed in me as a person and as a driver. And uh, this is why we're here at Nationwide Series right now. We want to run for the championship. We want to be competitive. We want to lead laps. We want to win races and do all these good things. And uh, I think that would be good for me because I've been beat up so bad over the last three years. I've almost tried to have to break away from that and get rid of that and kind of rebuild a foundation that makes me comfortable as a race car driver. Sounds like he really has done some soul searching and things are going well. He's back right now atop the point standings. He came in two points down to Ricky Stenhouse, and if running order does not change from where we are right now, he'll be uh, 1.2 the plus. But Mike Bagley, you hear a guy like uh, Elliot talk about that, 
and uh, you realize exactly uh, what goes through these guys' minds, how serious they are about what they do. Well, Elliot Sadler has not forgotten how to drive a race car. Even though we've seen him have his struggles in the NASCAR Sprint Cup Series, I firmly agree with him, and, and I agree wholeheartedly that this is probably the best move that Elliot could have made in his career at this time. Kevin Harvick Incorporated has proven themselves to be a powerhouse over in the NASCAR Nationwide Series, and I think the marriage was perfect on, on, on both uh, sides and on both accounts. Good for Elliott, good for Kevin and Delana, and he's certainly proving it. Obviously, that starting last year when he won for them at the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series event at Pocono, that parlayed itself into a rebirth for him in the Nationwide Series, and he's handling himself quite well, and should this end the way we think it will, or at least uh, we assume it will, He's going to be leading the points, and I think that's going to put a lot of pep in his step as he sets sail on through these races in this uh, in these busy months here in the NASCAR Nationwide Series. And Preston, we heard Elliot mention Ernie Cope, the crew chief, and I see you're down there in that vicinity. Yeah, jumped up on top of the war wagon. Eli talked to Ernie Cope. Ernie, the first thing, when I look back on the lap charts, you guys are close on fuel. Can you make this a green-white checker? I believe we can make this one. It's going to be close. There's no way we can do another one, so hopefully. They just say we're going green now, which we needed that, and I think we should be good for a green-white checker. Elliot's talked to you for so long about his the rebirth that he's had in this sport. Has he got a little extra save for this last restart? I believe he saved enough. I, I didn't hear the question, but I think you're talking about saving. Uh, if It's kind of up to how much he saved. We'll be right on the number, and we're hoping he saved us a little bit extra. Not only a little bit of extra fuel, but a little bit of extra motivation, too. That's Ernie Cope, the crew chief for Elliott Sadler, currently scored in the fourth spot. Jason Toy, we, we here in the booth really don't have a good vantage point for the KHI pit and Max Pappas, but is the team putting that car back together so Max can get back out there? Yes, they are. They're actually uh, thrashing on the front end. They've replaced the tires. Uh, they're trying to pull back the, uh, the fender brackets that uh, came off the front nose. It literally didn't take any effort at all for that nose to come off, and they ripped it off. Now they're trying to make sure that everything is away from those tires to send them back out, and I believe uh, Max might even get a penalty here for cutting off the racetrack and cutting through, but Still sitting here idle right now. NASCAR officials looking at it. It looks like they, uh, the uh, urgency has kind of stopped here. They might be calling it quits here and trying to get them back out. There was a ton of water that was flowing from underneath that race car when they finally got him down to his pit and they pulled stuff off. Don't know if there was a uh, radiator issue, but uh, that obviously would preclude uh, too much more racing. Did you notice in Ernie Cope's answer? He said, yeah, we might be all right for this green-white checker restart. He said nothing about a potential third one. I wonder how close some of these guys are cutting it now. Just a distinct possibility. It certainly could happen here on a road course. Let's give a call out to Reed Sorensen for Turner Motorsports. Eli, you mentioned it at the top of the broadcast. He was one of three drivers that came here and practiced the course in Mazda RX-H just so they could get a feel for the course and know where it went and where the turns were. It seems to have paid dividends because Justin Allgaier is running third, Sorensen running fifth, giving it a great run here this afternoon. And that is a brand-new road course Impala for that team, debuting here today, so it is in uh, good shape. They dropped from first to third in points uh, at Michigan. They had that 11th-place finish and uh, dropped uh, a couple of positions, but nevertheless, right now, they are very much back in the hunt. Point-wise, they're third at this very juncture, three points behind Elliott Sadler, but again, we've got at least a couple of laps of racing yet to go. Resetting the AutoZone leaderboard for you quickly as they're coming to the green. Michael McDowell ahead of Ron Fellows, Justin Allgaier, Elliott Sadler, 
Reed Sorensen, then Jason Leffler, Ricky Stenhouse, Ricky Carmichael, Mike Wallace, and Timmy Hill. They are underneath the bridge and heading uphill now towards start-finish. Kevin Moss watches the field, watches the field, bangs that green flag a couple, three, four times on the flag stand. He waits, he waits, he waits. And now leans in, waves the green flag. And we're underway again, McDowell and Ron Fellows pulling away. But Allgaier doing his best to driver's right to stay there with the battle. McDowell has got the jump and he has got the lead. The battle will be second, third, and fourth place. Justin Allgaier, driver's right on Ron Fellows. He's got the inside line. He's going to challenge for second. He may get it as they pitch over the hill to three. Well, Fellows is in the grass. He's hanging on to the race car, but he will lose second. He will lose third. And he's banging corner panels with Leffler for fourth. Leffler forearms him almost off the racetrack, and now they both lose ground. The front three march away as Timmy Hill goes for a drive in the grass off turn number three, and the leaders head to five. A lot of work to do for Ron Fellows here in the late stages. This is not what he was anticipating. Still on the inside of Jason Leffler. Good side-by-side battle. Meanwhile, for the lead, Allgaier to the outside. McDowell's got him covered. Allgaier with a crossover move. McDowell gets off, off the track. It's Allgaier grabbing the lead up to turn number six. Justin Allgaier takes the advantage of Michael McDowell, now he will hops in turn number six, slides off the track, but McDowell goes further off the track. Ricky Carmichael's off the track. Cars all over the place. McDowell sliding through the grass. We've got a parking lot of cars over here off turn number six. Michael McDowell is in it. The 23 car of Alex Kennedy. The 19 machine of Mike Bliss. Stephen Wallace is in it. Eric McClure is stopped as the lead cars. It started with Michael McDowell and Justin Algar. They both got off the track off turn number six, and every one reacting and responding all tore up over here and right now the car sitting of uh, Alex Kennedy is in some pea gravel over here as well in fact there is no caution as we stay with the leaders and Justin Allgaier right now through the by two car lengths over Ron Fellows a couple of more back to Reed Sorensen as everybody goes single file and now the caution is out as there are just too many cars out there. Uh, Stephen Wallace is out there in the pea gravel. Alex Kennedy is in the pea gravel. You've got Eric McClure in the pea gravel. You had uh, Michael McDowell spinning through and over and under the pea gravel. Steve Post to recap it all for us. Started with the battle for the lead, and, and Buddy Long said that Justin Algar got the move, and they came up into turn number six. We talked at the top of the broadcast how flat this turn is and how braking is critical. Allgaier jumped over the outside curve and got two wheels into the grass. McDowell trying to rally back. He put all four cars into the grass as they were exiting the turn. And then really reaction started after that. Uh, McDowell actually slid sideways through the grass. And then we had just a whole bunch of cars reacting and reacting to other cars. What we have left over here now is Alex Kennedy sitting in the pea gravel outside of turn number six. That's to the right side of the racetrack. To the left side of the track in the grass, Stephen Wallace has looped his car out and just sits there in the grass area and Eric McClure has made significant contact with some concrete barriers on the outside of turn number seven or entering turn number seven and that car sits here as well so three cars remain over here but that started right at the front of the field with a couple of guys just going for it for the lead and potentially for the win. Folks it was an absolute comedy of errors but it's just indicative of how desperate these drivers are going to get when there is a green white checkered finish. We are under the fifth service master clean car Caution of the afternoon, Justin Allgaier is our new leader. 
What makes Tom Johnson Camping Center the number one RV dealership in the nation? How about the largest selection of new and used RV inventory in the Carolinas with America's top brands like Newmark, American Coach, Fleetwood, Winnebago, and more? Maybe it's our top quality RV service or even thousands of parts and accessories we have available. While those are all true, we know it's our unwavering commitment to the only number one that matters, our customers. Visit Tom Johnson Camping Center in Marion and Concord, North Carolina or online at TomJohnsonCamping.com. The automobile is more than just a mode of transportation. It's a part of our American heritage. At the America on Wheels Museum in Allentown, Pennsylvania, you'll see a variety of machines that help make this country what it is today. When you walk through the doors, you'll be greeted by a large selection of carriages, motorcycles, cars, Mack trucks, and more that have literally put our nation on the road to greatness. Visit June 10th through the 12th during the Pocono 500 for special discounts or online at AmericaOnWheels.org. Saturday, the Road to Ford Championship weekend continues for the NASCAR Sprint Cup Series from Daytona International Speedway. Live coverage of the Coke Zero 400, powered by Coca-Cola, begins at 6.30 p.m. Eastern, only on the Motor Racing Network. Many of the front runners had enough fuel for one green-white checkered finish and enough gas for two green-white checkered finishes. But now the prospect of a third... Well, some doubt begins to enter into the minds of the crew chiefs and the drivers. They have taken to shutting off the motors wherever there is a downhill section here at Road America. Stay tuned. Who's got the fuel to make it to the finish? From Road America, this is MRN Radio, the voice of NASCAR. A new season. Welcome back to MRN's coverage of the Bucyrus 200 presented by Menards. It is the race that refuses to end. And you know what? We don't mind at all. It has been very entertaining down the stretch here. And we just had that incident with involving McDowell and Steve Wallace and Kennedy and others. Before that happened, on the restart, Ron Fellows absolutely got mugged by Justin Allgaier and Jason Leffler. Then when all that spinning went on around turn five and turn six, everybody fell out in front of Ron Fellows, and now he finds himself back in the second spot. And this will be interesting because Justin Allgaier is not a veteran road racer as Ron Fellows is, and this will be the first time that Ron is going to be battling mano a mano, if you will, against Justin Allgaier here. Allgaier ran here last year. He started 18th and finished 35th. Not of his doing, though. He had an early race mechanical issue that uh, basically sent him to the sidelines. But uh, they have a brand-new car. It's a brand-new chassis that they are using for Justin Allgaier. And as we have said repeatedly, he did come up here and test the other day. But he had to do that compared to a Ron Fellows who is a uh, veteran and knows this racetrack and all the others uh, uh, by heart and like the back of his hand. So this will be very interesting. Now let's establish, too, this is the third and final attempt at a green-white checkered flag finish. If they do not make it around, then he who leads wins. Uh, Wherever they are, whatever happens, if they can't make it around, then uh, he who is the leader will be the race winner. Mike Bagley, we mentioned that they're turning their uh, engines off. How far are these guys able to coast out there? Well, uh, they kill the engines around the Briggs and Stratton Bridge, and this is one of the most unbelievable things I've ever heard. You got the front five, maybe the front ten, coming down the hill, coasting through turn number three, and almost to the Sargento Bridge, which that's a decent hike here at Road America. But they came by me in the front ten cars, silent as they came by they're doing everything they can to conserve fuel the last thing they want to do is run out and it sounds like they could be cutting it quite close 
going to be very, very interesting here. We're already to lap 54 in what was a 50-lap advertised distance race. But remember, every lap you're talking four miles plus. So it, uh, don't, don't, don't think like it's a normal track or it's a Martinsville or a Kansas. When you say a lap here... That's a long way. Yeah, that's a long way. It really, really is. And, uh, but quite a day, quite a day. Justin Allgaier and Ron Fellows will start up at the front on this final restart. And as I said before, it was Allgaier that absolutely muscled Fellows out of the way on the previous restart. You might think that Fellows will want to retaliate. He does not race that way. He just is a very clean racer, and there's a reason why he has four nationwide series wins in only 18 starts. So watch for Fellows to race Allgaier clean, but he will draw upon his road racing experience, which is decades. Steve Post, how are we doing with the cleanup out there? We're clean out here. Alex Kennedy's car has been removed from the sand trap. Uh, Steve Wallace's car is getting the long ride back on the back of a tow truck all the way around the racetrack. And Eric McClure's car, his hefty-sponsored car, they have actually put it on a tow truck and just moved it behind a wall here outside of turn number seven. So all the safety crew have left over here. All the cleanup is done. All that's left is a whole bunch of skid marks. One more note on Justin Allgaier. You know this bit about crossing the finish line with no gas? That's old hat for him. He did that at Chicagoland on the final mm-hmm. lap, running out of gas, coming out of turn four. So, you know, he knows what it, he knows what it's like to coast to the win. Tell you, Turner Motorsports just sitting here looking at the uh, rundown. They've got a car in first, a car in third, a car in fourth, and uh, down in a 15th position. I mean, it really is uh, a wonderful performance for uh, Steve Turner's bunch and uh, their talented group. Field is going to get the one-to-go signal when they hit to turn 11. That's standard operating procedure here. So the next time they come by start-finish, Kevin Moss will throw the uh, green on the field, and they will have two laps to try and settle it. Or if they can't get around, then whoever's in front at that stage takes the win, and off we go to the next stop. Let's give you the top ten. This is the way they'll come to the green flag. It'll be Justin Allgaier in the top spot. Ron Fellows will be second. Reed Sorensen third. Jason Leffler, what a great run for him today. He rides in the fourth spot. Elliot Sadler rounds out the top five. Mike Wallace, a good day for him. He's running in the sixth position. Jacques Villeneuve has made it back to seventh. Michael in at eighth. Ninth, it'll be Eric Almirola with Ricky Stenhouse Jr. in tenth. Andrew Ranger will restart 11th. Josh Wise 12th. J.R. Fitzpatrick 13th. Then Brian Scott 14th. Ricky Carmichael 15th. Ahead of Blake Cook, Timmy Hill, Derek Cope, Dennis Setzer, and Michael McDowell back in 20th. I mentioned that uh, moments ago after this one is done, everybody packs up and moves on to the next stop, which of course is Daytona International Speedway. We have got two races for you coming up, two nighttime affairs Friday evening. These same NASCAR Nationwide Series teams will run the Subway Jalapeno 250, powered by Coca-Cola. Our broadcast begins this coming Friday at 7.15 p.m. Eastern Time. And then Saturday night, that is going to be one week from tonight, the Coke Zero 400, powered by Coca-Cola. The broadcast begins at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and certainly there are tickets remaining if you'd like to contact Daytona International Speedway. We would love to see you there. Come on down and spend the July 4th weekend with us on the beach. If not, certainly tune in right here. MRN Radio will have complete live coverage for you from the World Center of Racing.
I was just looking at the sunset here at Wisconsin. It still has about an hour, hour and a half. Now? Well, just a little bit. This is just a great part of the country. It and uh, I'm so glad the Nationwide Series has come here to Wisconsin, to Road America, and to a driver. Everyone absolutely loves this course, and why not? It is super challenging for these guys. Elevation changes, quick corners, slow corners. It's got it all. And it's always been an entertaining show, at least for the two years we've been here. The field now in turn number 14. So they will be coming to the start-finish line and the uh, final attempt at a green-white checkered flag finish. Pace car makes the hard right down the pit lane, and now slowly they come underneath the Bucyrus Bridge, and they begin that uphill climb, and it is a very noticeable uphill climb, as he always does. Kevin Moss bangs that green flag on the flag stand banner here. He waits, he waits, he leans down, looks at the field, waves the green. Our final chance at a green-white checkered flag start. Justin Allgaier holding off Ron Fellows and Reed Sorensen. Allgaier gets the advantage on the restart. He drives away. The challenge is going to come from his Turner Motorsports teammate. Here comes Sorensen. He'll shoot up the inside to second. Battle for third. Sadler banging together with Ron Fellows. Fellows as they cross the hill. Now Fellows will cross over. He wants second back from Reed Sorensen. He wants it now, but he can't get it. Sorensen will outbreak him into the corner. He'll hang on to the spot. Justin Allgaier begins to march away, and they are knotted up from second on back. They're banging quarter panels mid-pack as the leaders head to turn five. Justin Allgaier loving what he's seeing in the mirror, saying, can it just hold on for another lap or so? Keep battling with each other. He draws away by about five car lengths. Sorensen buys Lonesome for the moment in second spot. Then Fellows against Spun. He gets turned by Jason Leffler. Gathers it back up, but Leffler and Sadler side by side for fourth. Algar at the top of the hill has about four car lengths. Reed Sorensen has four car lengths. Ron Fellows has him jammed up side by side. Brian Scott goes spinning off the racetrack. They are side by side. Six cars down the hill off turn number seven. They're knotted together from third on back and cars now three wide. Here's Jacques Villeneuve. He'll bust out of the line. Go to the inside of Jason Leffler. This will be the battle for the fourth spot. Still wheel to wheel. Leffler gets muscled off into the grass. JV gets to the front of that pack as they head down into the carousel. Turn it right. They are side by side with Elliott Sadler to the outside. Andrew Ranger to the outside. Holding it down low, it's going to be Leffler and Mike Wallace. Meanwhile, the front three are gone. Jacques Villeneuve has been able to take that fourth spot away. He breaks away from Jason Leffler as everybody makes their way through the right-hand kick. Race leaders are already in the S's. Algaier with a huge lead, about 12 car lengths over Reed Swordson. Another 20 back to Ron Fellows, and then another 10 back to Jacques Villeneuve. Will anybody else try to pull out and pick up a position? No, they'll say side-by-side as they race their way up to turn 13. Justin Allgaier loving life here in Wisconsin, but his teammate Reed Sorensen trying to spoil that. This celebration, through turn 14 they go. Separation, three car lengths. Allgaier up to the gearbox. Sorensen doing the same, trying to run him down. Final time up the front stretch. I shouldn't say final time, but now Justin Allgaier crosses the stripe, looks through the window, and sees the white flag. One more lap to go. Can Allgaier... Keep it going for four more miles, filling his mirrors as his teammate Reed Sorensen. Trying to run him down as they pop to turn number one. Algaier by about six, maybe seven car lengths as he crests the hill and heads down to, for the final time toward three. Here they come into turn number three. Turner Motorsports. Caution is on the speedway. Caution is on the speedway because of a couple of cars in the gravel pits. This race is over. Justin Algaier, who has won on a short track at Bristol, Tennessee, and a super speedway in Chicago, has now added a road course to his victory resume with the victory here by virtue 
of the green-white checker being aborted here for the third time today. Great win by Justin Allgaier. He waited for the final laps for the win, the third win in his nationwide career. Now, if you're not familiar with the rules, the race, although scoring-wise, is technically over. He does have to make it all the way around under his own power. Eli, he's out of power on top of the hill in turn number six. He stopped the car. Oh, my. He's sliding it back and forth. Ron Fellows has gone by. Reed Sorensen has gone by. So Justin Allgaier slowly, slowly coast between turn six and seven. So, again, that is the rule. You've got to retain and maintain speed to come around to take the checkered. Looks like he is out of gas and still coasting on around the racetrack. And, Eli, we can tell you Ron Fellows has put the hammer down. He has driven away from the rest of the field who's running at caution speed. Ron Fellows taking no chances in case he may run out of gas. He wants a big enough lead to get back to start finish. They are slowing him down now, Ron Fellows is, as we follow him around the course. He's through the kink right now, and there's actually a secondary pace car when these caution flags come out that pick up the field here on the backside of the course at the kink. That pace car has just pulled onto the speedway. Ron Fellows right now, the only car behind it. Here comes Reed Sorensen now at the uh, exit of the carousel, also catching up to the pace car. But uh, right now, the only car immediately behind the pace car is the new race leader, Ron Fellows. Kyle and Jason Leffler also has run out of gas as he goes slowly letting the field pass him out of the carousel the wording in the rule book is you must maintain your speed we've seen this at montreal with robbie gordon we have seen it at other instances the scoring ends when that third green white checker is aborted but that race leader must come around to the finish line and take the checkered flag, maintaining his speed. Ron Fellows is doing that now behind the pace car, though everybody else has caught up with him, including Reed Sorensen. What a bizarre finish to an unusual day. Let's check out on the track. Is Justin Allgaier still rolling? Allgaier is not running. He is not under power. The window net has dropped as he exits turn 10, the bottom of the carousel, and there is silence coming out of that car. And, and as they come through turn number 14, Reed Sorensen says, hey, wait a minute, maybe this thing isn't quite over. He pulls up alongside Ron Fellow saying, maybe I was the leader when the caution flag came out. Just now he drops back behind, but now he'll pull up alongside. He may be as confused as everybody else looking on. Well, they are waiting. The, the rule, the winner is Justin Allgaier, as long as he can maintain some kind of speed and get back to the start finish line the caution and the checkers are being displayed upon the field the question is going to be has all stopped has he maintained any kind of speed again the caution and the yellow being displayed to the field as Sorensen by inches comes across ahead of Ron Fellows but this is the most unusual finish <laughs> And, of course, it happens on a four-mile racetrack. We could be here till Tuesday if he <laughs> maintains some kind of speed to come on around. We talked about it at coming out of the break, that everybody had enough fuel for one green-white checkered, enough for two. But it shows that maybe Justin Allgaier did not have enough fuel for a third green-white checkered finish. And it looked for all the world that he had this in his back pocket. We're so still- right now, everybody, it's funny to watch the their NASCAR has just said we are reviewing the finish. We are reviewing the videos. There is no winner yet right. being posted. Down on the pit lane, we see the uh, Reed Sorensen team 
giving themselves high fives. The Ron Fellows bunch is up on the wall waiting. Everybody is still watching uh, Justin Allgaier, who cannot be pushed in. Jennifer Joe Cobb is behind him on the racetrack, but you cannot be pushed around the speedway on the final lap. And NASCAR in their radio has just said, everybody hold tight. We are going to reconfirm everything and then announce the winner. So that is what is going on right now. They have told all the service they said, told all the service personnel to hold your positions. Ron Fellows is going around. Again, the question is, has all guyers stopped? Uh, was there a legal pass out there? And NASCAR is reviewing. They are directly behind us. They have, let's see, 6, 12, 8, and they have 24 different monitors on the wall plus a giant screen, so 25 different monitors. And every NASCAR official is behind us looking at all of these different ones. They're rolling back the uh, video. They're rolling everything back and forth, back and forth. We will tell you that across the finish line, Reed Sorensen did come across first by about an inch or two. That is, is, is not in dispute. The question was, was that for the win? Was it not for the win? And NASCAR is reviewing everything right now, and they have not posted a winner. Every other position has been finalized, but they have not posted a winner. And they are saying to everyone in our headsets, just wait. We'll tell you shortly who the race winner is. Just to briefly recap, it was Justin Allgaier in the lead when they crossed that stripe. But then NASCAR threw the caution. Was it because Eric Almirola was stranded? Or yeah, there was I believe so it was Almirola. He was in and, harm's way, yeah. so they threw the caution, and then it was then that Algaier ran out of fuel. So the question is, who was in the second spot when the caution was thrown? Because that would make him the leader. All of that is being reviewed by NASCAR right now. So we are seeing some rules that, well, the rules have been there. It's just very rare that we have ever had to uh, go this deep into the rule book. Normally it's, it's cut and dried. But uh, this one is not. And again, the, um, the Ron Fellows bunch still standing there and watching. Uh, the, here comes Allgaier now. He finally has crossed the stripe here. With assistance from Jennifer Jo Cobb, I believe. Well, if she pushed him on the last lap, that's another violation. That was the case, uh, Eli, as they came by turn number 14. Jennifer Jo Cobb, uh, without question, uh, pushing Justin Allgaier uh, up out of 13 through 14 and up the hill in front of you. You can be pushed around a racetrack that we've seen thousands of times, but it is not legal on the last lap. At this point, uh, Joe Ballas, the series director, is still uh, behind us in the control tower looking at uh, all the video replays. Brian Scott and Jacques Villeneuve exchanging pleasantries as they... And the 32 is going to victory lane. Reed Sorensen is going to victory lane. Reed Sorensen by inches getting the win here at the stripe. Ron Fellows now begins to uh, very slowly pull away. Reed Sorensen who came to Road America last week to drive that Mazda because he had never been here before. Well, now he's here, and he'll find where Victory Lane is located. NASCAR Today continues on the Motor Racing Network. 
Welcome back, everybody. There's uh, all sorts of stuff going on. On pit road right now, Max Pappas has pulled alongside of Jacques Villeneuve. The NASCAR officials, some of them are there. There are team officials standing, team members standing between the uh, two cars. Uh, Ron Fellows has come down the pit lane the other way, uh, curious as to what transpired. Again, all of this goes back to when exactly did the caution flag fly? When exactly did it fly? And then, was Allgaier the race leader? Had he slowed and been passed by somebody else? All of those questions were being looked at and answered by NASCAR. And again, it doesn't matter what you do here at the finish line. It is when that caution comes out and as though you maintain reasonable speed at that point. So we really have had a a very interesting situation here with the win going to Reed Sorensen over Ron Fellows, Jacques Villeneuve, Elliot Sadler, and Mike Wallace. What a wild, bizarre finish here at Road America. Always entertaining. Reed Sorensen being declared the winner. Fellows visibly upset inside the car. He has come to a stop on pit road. Justin Allgaier is downstairs being interviewed, and he has a, a he has a look on his face like he doesn't know what even to say. You know it's a, a weird finish when you have three teams given high fives down there. <laughs> when you have three bunches that think they won. Almost like Montreal in yeah. the inaugural year. When you had Harvick and Robbie exactly. Gordon both yeah. doing burnouts on the main straightaway. Uh, a very, very uh, bizarre finish, and uh, everybody was wondering who won. And not until NASCAR spent a couple, three minutes, if not more, looking at the videos, did they figure out exactly when the caution flew and exactly who had passed whom And did anybody else not maintain a a reasonable or a normal speed? Um, And finally, in victory lane, Reed Sorensen for Turner Motorsports climbs out in his first official visit here, and he gets the win at Road America. You know, Jacques Villeneuve drove that car here last year. Yes, he did. <laughs> he really did. He, he did, you know, yeah. and he he was very, very close to winning this race, got passed by Carl Edwards on a late race restart, and the alternator failed on Jacques Villeneuve, and he ended up finishing 25th here uh, last year. Tough break for Villeneuve. Again, Brian Scott on the slowdown on the cool-off lap. He expressed his displeasure with Jacques Villeneuve, giving him a quick shot in the bumper at pit road entrance. And then you have Max Pappas driving up right alongside the Villeneuve automobile. But as you said, Villeneuve team members separating uh, the drivers, if you will. Pappas hadn't gotten out yet, but they were putting themselves in between the Pappas and the Villeneuve machines, making sure nothing happened there. And some of our pit guys down there, they're still... um they're still waiting. Uh, I know Ron Fellows, who is normally the most personable guy down there, is not talking. Uh, a lot of folks think they might have won. The only guy who is talking is Reed Sorensen. Let's go down to victory lane. Holds that number one finger up high, and <laughs> welcome back to the victory lane here in the Nationwide Series. How confusing was that down that final uh, run? It's pretty confusing, but uh, all in all, good day for us, and stayed there all day and ended up good. What about the take us through the afternoon a little bit? It wasn't the, the easiest of ones here. You guys fell back a little bit and worked your way back up to the front. Yeah, it, uh, missed a long day, but uh, ended up in the front of the end, and that's all we needed. Well, you come back to uh, you come back to driving full time in a nationwide series in the last year. And now you find yourself back in victory lane. Personally, as a driver and for Reed Sorensen, how big is this win for you? It's big, and uh, hopefully, there's more to come. <laughs> what about this team for team of Turner Motorsports? You guys, obviously, back in victory lane, and a great year for a first year team. Yep, and uh, we should have more to come. All right, Reed Sorensen, a man of little words, and he is here in Victory Lane here at Road America. Ron Fellows right now not in the mood to talk. Uh, They are 
still looking. He doesn't know what even to say. You know it's a, a weird finish when you have three teams giving high fives down there. <laughs> when you have three bunches that think they won. Almost like Montreal in yeah. the inaugural year. When we had Harvick and Robbie exactly. Gordon both yeah. doing burnouts on the main straightaway. Uh, a very, very uh, bizarre finish, and uh, everybody was wondering who won. And not until NASCAR spent a couple, three minutes, if not more, looking at the videos, did they figure out exactly when the caution flew and exactly who had passed whom. And did anybody else not maintain a, a reasonable or a normal speed? Um, and finally, in victory lane, Reed Sorensen for Turner Motorsports climbs out in his first official visit here, and he gets the win at Road America. You know, Jacques Villeneuve drove that car here last year. Yes, he did. <laughs> he really did. He, he did, you know, yeah. and he he was very, very close to winning this race, got passed by Carl Edwards on a late race restart, and then the alternator failed on Jacques Villeneuve, and he ended up finishing 25th here uh, last year. Tough break for Villeneuve. Again, Brian Scott on the slowdown of the cool-off lap, he expressed his displeasure with Jacques Villeneuve, giving him a quick shot in the bumper at pit road entrance. And then you have Max Pappas driving up right alongside the Villeneuve automobile. But as you said, Villeneuve team members separating uh, the drivers, if you will. Pappas hadn't gotten out yet, but they were putting themselves in between the Pappas and the Villeneuve machines, making sure nothing happened there. And some of our pit guys down there, they're still... Um they're still waiting. Uh, I know Ron Fellows, who is normally the most personable guy down there, is not talking. Uh, a lot of folks think they might have won. The only guy who is talking is Reed Sorensen. Let's go down to victory lane. Holds that number one finger up high. and <laughs> Welcome back to the victory lane here at the Nationwide Series. How confusing was that down that final uh, run? It's pretty confusing, but uh, all in all, good day for us. And stayed there all day and ended up good. What about the take us through the afternoon a little bit? It wasn't the, the easiest of ones here. You guys fell back a little bit and worked your way back up to the front. Yeah, it, uh, missed a long day, but uh, ended up in the front of the end, and that's all we needed. Well, you come back to uh, you come back to driving full time in a nationwide series in the last year, and now you find yourself back in victory lane. Personally, as a driver and for Reed Sorensen, how big is this win for you? It's big, and uh, hopefully, there's more to come. <laughs> what about this team for team of uh, Turner Motorsports? You guys obviously back in victory lane, and a great year for a first year team. Yep, and uh, we should have more to come. All right, Reed Sorensen, a man of little words, and he is here in Victory Lane here at Road America. Ron Fellows right now not in the mood to talk. Uh, They are still looking at the video up here, just reconfirming everything. Uh, Again, the the question is, when exactly did the caution come out? And apparently it came out just uh, as Allgaier slowed and as Sorensen went by and uh, grabbed the victory there. Meanwhile, how about Jacques Villeneuve? Did he give it a ride and a half today or what? Let's hear from him. Well, Jacques Villeneuve down here. Uh, an eventful day, to say the least, Jacques. Tell us about it. Uh, yes, it was. The, you know, my uh, discount tire Dodge car was really strong uh, today, and the whole Penske crew did an amazing job in the pit stops. Then uh, I got caught out on a restart, uh, just a rule I should have known, and uh, moved before the start finished. So I uh, got a penalty, which was normal. I won't do that one again. And... Uh, then got a little bit aggressive on the one restart, and uh, the track narrows before turn one, and uh, just ran out of road, put two wheels in the grass, and uh, played bowling there, took a few cars out, and made a few people unhappy. Well, what about that unhappiness with Mac pa- Max Pappas? Well, I've, I've raced against him for 23 years, so uh, we've had our ups and downs. <laughs> All right, there's Jacques Villeneuve going into the media center after, a, as I say, a pretty eventful day for that Penske Dodge this afternoon, guys. Not exactly apologetic on Villeneuve's part, but he did recount exactly what happened. He knows what happened. He went in there like a bowling ball, and, uh, you know, I guess that's racing. 
Indeed, that is racing. Reed Sorensen getting the win over Ron Fellows. And again, when the caution came out, Allgaier was the leader. When Allgaier was not able to continue on, then it was whoever was next. And what they were looking at was who was next when that caution came out. And apparently, according to all the videos, it was Reed Sorensen who was then able to continue on around and get credit for the victory. More of our post-race coverage when we come back to Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. Well, for a fun place like a racetrack is supposed to be, there's a whole bunch of upset folks around here. I'll promise you that. We'll talk about it and a whole lot more when we come back. Reed Sorensen is the race winner from Road America. This is MRN Radio, the voice of NASCAR. Here at Road America, still looking at the video yet again after uh, the caution came out to end the third green-white checkered flag finish. Uh, Justin Allgaier slowed that handed the lead to the next man in line and uh, the video seems to indicate that Reed Sorensen was that man although Ron Fellows had actually gone by but Ron Fellows had passed Sorensen as well under caution which apparently which obviously is against the rules but uh, uh, literally three different teams were given high fives down on the uh, pit lane Jason Toy yeah, Justin Allgaier has jumped out of the uh, transporter here, and I know you're tra- trying to muster a smile here and obviously disappointed on this one, but what were the thoughts that were going through your mind when you, that thing started chugging out on you? You know, honestly, um, I had been killing the engine with the, the kill switch on the steering wheel. And at first I thought I just had this kill switch in the wrong spot, you know, and I flipped the switch again and it died again. And You know, once these new fuel systems, once they catch any air, um, you're just kind of done, and we started going up the hill there into into six, and and I knew we were a sitting duck. And just frustrating, you know, uh, to to be able to to run that well, and, and then to take the lead, and to actually be leading the, the the race when the white flag came out, and and not be able to make it back around. It's just so disheartening, and and I can't see enough for all these Florida Florida Gulf Safe guys. They they did a great job all weekend. We weren't the fastest car, um, but we we made good strategy, and we had a good car there at the end, and just. Uh, just a shame, you know, to, to have a have it come down to that. Super proud of, of the $32 general guys in Reed Torrance, and I know that um, uh, they did a great job all weekend as well, and, and glad for him to get his win here. Um, that's three for Turner Motorsports this year, which is awesome. Uh, we just, uh, now we go next week to Daytona, and hopefully we can, uh, I don't know, I don't know how you come back from something like this, but hopefully we can come back and get another good finish. Well, I know some negatives, but the good positives, you guys ran well on the road course, and you still got two more to go this season. Justin Allgaier, appreciate it coming out here, and Obviously disappointed, but, you know, take away from the positives on this. He's got two more of these road course races to go. Indeed he does, and we owe you a station break, folks. So why don't we pause 10 seconds right now for station identification on the Motor Racing Network. Well, to say the very least, it is all over here at Road America. We have again tried to uh, get Ron Fellows to our microphones. He has respectfully declined to come out and say anything, so uh, he stormed off to his transporter. Uh, Not sure exactly what all had transpired there at the finish, but here is the final look at the AutoZone leaderboard. Reed Sorensen gets the win. Ron Fellows finished second. Jacques Villeneuve was third. Elliot Sadler fourth. And Mike Wallace, a super run coming home in fifth. Andrew Ranger acquitting himself very well. He'll finish sixth. Michael Annette seventh. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. was eighth. J.R. Fitzpatrick finished ninth. And Timmy Hill tenth. Ricky Carmichael in a good run finishes 11th. 12th, it was Michael McDowell. Josh Wise, 13th. 14th, Mike Bliss. 
Brian Scott finished 15th, Blake Cook in 16th. 17th, it was Derek Cope. Dennis Setzer finished 18th, and he was the last car on the lead lap. Justin Allgaier finished 19th, Jason Leffler 20th. In 21st, Alex Kennedy, Eric Almarola finished 22nd. 23rd, Max Pappas, 24th, Kevin Conway. Tim Schendel finished 25th. Steve Wallace was 26th. 27th, Eric McClure. Kenny Wallace was 28th. Jennifer Joe Cobb, 29th. And Doug Harrington was 30th. 31st, it was Trevor Bain with Jeremy Clements finishing 32nd. 33rd, Billy Johnson. Jason Bowles, 34th. Morgan Shepard, 35th. Carl Long finished it up at 36th. 37th, it was Charles Lewandowski. Jeff Green finished 38th. 39th, Scott Wimmer. Chase Miller, 40th. 41st, it was Tim Andrews with Brett Rowe finishing 42nd. And that is going to wrap up our day-long coverage of racing here at Road America. Don't forget, throughout the course of this week upcoming, we've got all the news you need. NASCAR Today, every weekday afternoon. NASCAR Live on Tuesday nights as you talk to the stars of the sport. NASCAR Performance Live on Wednesday evening. We've also got for you nascar uh, uh, usa we have ned jarrett's world of racing all of that coming your way and again our website is up of course 24 7 motorracingnetwork.com for anything you'd like to know about the world of racing a big thank you to the guys who did a long day's work out in the turns today dave moody mike bagley buddy long along with steve post alex hayden david hyatt kyle ricky tony rizzuti and jeff striegel our pit and garage coverage team jason toy preston root and pete pistoni for dan hubbard i'm eli gold thanks so much for spending your saturday with us here at road america we'll talk to you next weekend from the world center of racing so long everybody motor racing network's coverage of the musiris 200 presented by menards has come to you from road america sponsored by nationwide insurance the official insurance provider of nascar by service master clean the official cleaning partner of road america by twisted tea the hard iced tea that tastes like real iced tea be a little twisted by freightliner trucks the official hauler of nascar Two-way radio and race scanner communication provided by Racing Electronics. See Racing Electronics in the souvenir area at your next race or visit them online at racingelectronics.com. Today's broadcast was directed by Ryan Horn, Chief Engineer Doug Watson, Audio Engineer Todd Costello, Satellite Engineer Mike Weaver, Operational Assistant Frank Kersey. The executive producer for MRN is David Hyatt. This broadcast has been a production of the Motor Racing Network. This week's MRN Classic Race has been brought to you by Hercules Tires.